Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. It's going to be an amazing night. I am so happy to be here with you guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. I know some... uh, some surprises that are coming up this evening, so that's pretty cool. I've had an amazing week. I've had one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me in my entire life happen this week, and I'm not going to talk about it yet, but I will be talking about it soon. Um, But yeah, I'm pretty excited. Uh, I am kind of sick right now, so if I sound funny tonight, please forgive me. If I start coughing, I will mute myself immediately. So if I disappear, just carry on with the show till I get back. It'll it'll be fine. Everything will be cool. <laughs> just wanted to give you a forewarning of that. Um, so, yeah. But other than that, we're good to go. I want to give you a phone number if you want to call in tonight and read. The number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. All right. We've got some announcements to do before we get started. Want to remind you if you'd like to put together a workshop with us, you can do that by emailing me or actually getting a, sending me a message on Facebook might be the easiest. If you're not on my contacts list, you can find me under Nyla N Y L A dot Alicia A L I S I A. So shoot me a message. Let me know what you'd like to put together. You do not have to be a professional workshop provider in order to do one of these. It's just a chance for us to have some fun and spend a little bit more intimate time together talking about something that we are passionate about, and that is our craft, that is words. You can do the workshop. You know, If you don't have an idea for a workshop, Google one. The Internet's full of awesome ideas. Uh, so you know, don't don't think, oh, I don't know what to do one on. Go find something to do one on. It's a blast. I'm telling you, it's so much fun. Uh, so you know, you could do one on a certain poetry form, or you know, like like how to write, you know, the different styles of haikus, or how to write a sonnet, or you know, walk us through step by step of actually constructing a poem. Where at the end of the workshop, we have a poem um, that we've done through the guidance of the workshop. Uh, you can do one on your favorite poet. Take a poem and dissect it. You know, what does this poem really mean? What do you think it means? One that's real popular, and I think they even do, uh, you know, like a college course section on this. Uh, and it was William Carlos Williams, The Red Wheelbarrow. You know, what does that poem actually mean? Uh, and, and I read it, and I'm, I'm looking at it, and I'm, there's something profound in there. I know there is. So it's really cool to to look at something like that. You know, is this just as simple as it says, or is there something deeper meaning in it? Okay. So whatever you want to put together, just shoot me a message. Let me know. We can pre-record these, or you know, we can call in and do a private show where we pre-record them together. Or you can pre-record it on your computer and just send me the MP3 file. The uh, benefits of that is you're able to edit as you go along and and do whatever. These can be anywhere from 30 minutes up to three hours long. So you can do them pre-recorded. You can do them live if you want to do a live show. Or you can do a combination of both. We could play the file and then 
come on live and talk, and you get some audience participation if you wanted to do that. So, you know, just whatever you want to put together. We've done some here recently that were a lot of fun. We've got some more coming up soon after the first of the year. I'm going to sit down and pre-record some personally, and then I've got a couple people who are going to be working on with those too. So watch for that coming up and or plan to do one with us and or for us and or for us. You know what I mean. You you got it. <laughs> All right. Next thing I want to do, I want to thank Star Sevron and James One Sapien and Roy Murdoch for sponsoring, helping to sponsor the show this year and keeping us at our three-hour on-air license. Appreciate you guys so much. On behalf of the poets, I just want to tell you how much you mean to us and, you know, how much that help with that that licensing, that on-air licensing fee every year. Really just, it's such a special gift. So we appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, the next thing I want to talk about at the first of the uh, the beginning of every show, I always do an exercise and I also do a prompt, writing prompt. Now, the difference in those two is a writing prompt that's meant to plant a seed and provoke a poem. Okay, so you take that as a planted seed and see what kind of a poem it'll grow into. So you sit down actually with the intent to write a poem to the to the uh, the prompt. So I'm going to give that one to you first, and then we're going to do the exercise. So, and the exercise, you guys are going to this. This is this is a tough one, man. <laughs> so the prompt I'm going to do this week is the. It's a title prompt. Now, the prompt can be the title of the poem. It, it can actually it can be the title of the poem. It can be a line in the poem. It can be the concept of the poem the subject of the poem, or be what led to the thought of the poem. Like So tonight the, the, uh, the prompt is the cranberry candle. The cranberry candle. All right, so, you know, it could be something like what's the, maybe it's not even about a cranberry candle. Maybe it's a metaphor for something, um, you know. So it just, something from this has to birth the concept or be part of the poem. So that's your prompt. Now the exercise being different, what makes the exercise different is an exercise is not meant to create a great piece of poetry. Okay, an exercise is meant to get you out there, get you sweating, push you out of those comfort zones, pump those creative muscles, you know, make messy. You know, just 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 do it. <laughs> that little no. poem just okay. Anyway, so anyway, that's what an exercise is. A lot of times when we sit down, and the, re- the reason exercises are important is a lot of times when we sit down and try writing something, we think that every time we put pen to paper, it has to be this masterpiece that we've written, and then we've got to post it on Facebook, and then we have to come running back into the computer, if we even leave the computer, and hit refresh every three minutes to see if somebody's liked it. Okay, that's just a lot of pressure to put on yourself. Nobody, nobody can produce like that, and you have to have input in other in order to have output. That's why I always say it's more. It's uh, if if you're not reading more than you're writing, you're doing it backwards. Okay, you have to have that input in order to have an output. Well, the input is also the discipline of being a writer, which means. It doesn't matter what you're writing. It just matters that you're writing, that you pick up a poem and you do something every day, even if it's just a haiku. 
think about that. If the end of the at the end of the day for an entire year, if you wrote a haiku about something that happened during the day, something that caught your attention, something that was interesting or inspiring to you. At the end of the year, you would have 365 haikus. You put 120 of them into a chapbook, and boom, you're good to go. Pick out your best 120, and and you know, and then every day you're you're using that creative muscle. So, it being towards the end of the year, one of the things that I'm really going to be working on this next year, so I'm going to kind of give you a little heads up on it beforehand is I'm really going to be pushing you guys to network, to do things with each other, to go out and network in the writing community, to start building a writing portfolio for yourself. What is a writing portfolio? Why in the heck should you have one? Why is it important? Blah, blah, blah. Okay? But I want you to start a network, networking with other writers within your social circles and work on building that social circle of your of your writers and your peers. We come here every week and we do these exercises and we do these prompts and we listen to each other read and we get inspired and we do things. But besides the show format, there's a lot of us who don't have any contact with each other the rest of the entire week. One of the things, and it's easy that way, you know, we're, we're busy, we're doing things, blah, 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 whatever. I don't want to talk to people and do stuff. What? No. Leave me alone. I'm writing. Uh, so a lot of times networking or talking to other people can be that step out of, the, uh, out of the comfort zone. So this week I'm going to do that. Your exercise is to network with other writers in your social circle. And I've talked before about how awesome and fun it is to give out exercises and writing prompts and then having you guys come back and read them because it's so cool to see what those seeds grow into. And it's actually one of my very favorite things about being a part of the show for the last 12 years is doing those little exercises and homeworks and writing prompts and listening to what you guys create. That really is an awesome thing for me. So, And I've encouraged you to do that with each other so that you know what that feels like. You know, I, I'll reach out and tell you the cranberry candle, and next week you come back with this incredible poem, and I know that poem wouldn't exist had I not taken a moment to reach out to you and share some inspiration. And we all need to be that person. We all need to, to inspire each other, to push each other, because when we all do well, we all grow together. So what I want you to do, instead of reaching out to inspire somebody, I want you not to be afraid to reach out and ask for help, which is an even harder thing to do, you know, but it's an important step. It's really an important step to be able to, as a writer, as a person, to ask for help. So this one's going to be easy. It's going to be simple, but it's still out of, maybe out of the comfort zone for you. I want you to go on your friends list, and I want you to write down, or I want you to pick six people. And this part is a simple part. I just want you to email them, send them a private message, and say, hey, shoot me over a title prompt. Shoot me over a poem prompt. You know, Nyla's making me do this. I'll get cool kudo points. And I actually do have cool kudo points that I can post on your page, by the way. Those are not just empty offers. I have cool kudo, kudo points that go posted on your Facebook page. Do they so get earned by you? So, yeah, reach out, ask someone for help. Hey, I need to do a write. I need a writing prompt. Six people. 
you know, and maybe one of those will grow into something, and you can email them back and say, hey, thanks for the prompt. This is the prompt. This is what I wrote. Now, guess what? You get a prompt and give them one in return. You know, it's kind of like, have you ever been to one of those ceremonies where somebody's standing there and it's compl- it's, pit- it's pitch dark, you're standing in the pitch dark, and somebody lights a candle, and then they light the candle next to that person, and then everyone starts lighting the candle next to each other, and it starts out so slow and so small, but then pretty soon it it just, the more people, it speeds up faster and faster, and all of a sudden there's just this explosion of light. You know, that's what this, I want this to be like. You know, reach out, ask for help, then give something back in return, you know, and then that person may do that to someone else, and it just keeps growing, that inspiration, that sharing with each other, that reaching out, the networking. Um, I think that's really important, and we're going to be talking a lot about things like that uh, over this next year. So that's it. That's your exercise. You got it. You got to get it written down. (laughs) All right, before we get started, I'm going to play an audio track. We always start and end every episode with an audio track. The one that I am going to be, um, oh, oh, no, not that one. That's the wrong file. I was doing so good. Okay, let me re- let me get this back up again. Um, I had her workshop pulled up, and I'm not going to play a two-and-a-half-hour workshop. All right, so here we go. I found it. Okay. So the track that I'm going to play is by Miss Cassandra Tribe, and she is absolutely incredible. She's actually done two workshops for us, and both of them, I will tell you this without reservation, if you listen to her two workshops that she did, it will change you as a writer for the better for the rest of your life. I am absolutely, I will stand behind that, those words 100%. She is an amazing amazing person, a strong writer, a strong inspirational person. You know, the the directness of the way she talks, the things, the way, you know, her outlook on the world. She normally charges 300 a person to attend her workshops, and she did these for us for free. So seriously, if somebody was in her neighborhood and she was putting on a workshop, they would be giving her $300 to go sit down. And, and listen to what you can get for free. So why would you not take advantage of that? I'm tapping my foot. You can't see it. But it's just a no-brainer as a writer to uh, to really check that out. She's an incredible person. She's been a part of our network and our family before the show is even conceived, Miss Cassandra Tribe. The piece I'm going to play by her is written and produced by her, and she has a video to it on YouTube. So you can find it on YouTube. It's absolutely incredible. And she did all of the, the, she did this video setup herself. She did the audio herself, everything, all off her computer and things. So uh, I, I think you'll be really impressed to see what you can do all on your own. And it's fun to do stuff like that, guys, because you're not in front of anybody. You know, it's just you and your words, and you're playing and having fun and creating together. You know, and they they take on this life of their own, and you create this amazing extension of your art into something verbal, into something uh, visual, whatever. So anyway, check her out, Cassandra Tribe. This is Striking a Match, and you can find her. Just go ahead and look her up on YouTube or anywhere on the Internet, Google her, you'll find her. Here you go. Striking a Match. Holds the promise of many things. If I have chosen to pour gasoline on myself, on others, on things, then the promises of destruction 
that will have no For no two people shifting me where the ash shall agree. And why I struck the flame. Houses will be left with them. People will be chosen to blame and if anything of me is not of me. I will be examined. I not believe. For the nature of destruction is to destroy all meaning. Striking a match holds the promise of many things. If that match sparks a flame that flares to a candle, then the smallest part of life is entrapped. With flickering boundaries, its borders are protected. Worn up with the ways of night. In that small circle of light, vision lacks clarity, and life has the substance of and no two people shall agree. For the nature of flames and fire is to disappear. Striking a match holds the promise of many things. If that match falls on wood pile just so, then flame feeds fire. Light cannot help but be cast. Reveal what has been and what is yet to come. Yet fires by nature consume themselves, or what is foolish enough to void. And no two people will survive. The coolness of night when the fire dies, or the hunger of a fire grow wild. For the nature of being consumed is to stay till there is nothing left within. No one person can survive in darkness, cold, 
for each and all are beyond their control. In striking the match, there is a promise of so many she did with us and check her out on YouTube. If you're a recording artist and you would like to have your piece uploaded to the show and played for the world, you can do that by emailing it to me. The word the is in the email address. Thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. That's thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. Alrighty? And we can get that uploaded and get it played and it will be awesome. Now, it is time, you guys, to get to our callers. So, let me once again give you the phone number. It is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. You can go ahead and give us a call and get in the lineup. This is what you can expect if you are on hold. We do take callers in the order that you call in, such as area code 731 is our first caller tonight. So listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, please, this is very, very important, please introduce yourself so people know who's reading and your name is attached to your work and people know who to go look for. All right, so real important to introduce yourself. Please, please do that. Even though most of us may know who you are and you've been here since dirt was invented, um, there's going to be people listening in the archives that may not, or people, brand new people here tonight that may not. So, yeah, real important. Introduce yourself. The next thing is you can do, let me take a look at the lines. We've got, wow, really full lines. All right, so we're going to be doing one poem tonight. The only exception to that rule is if you brought, if I gave you homework or you did one of the writing prompts that I've given. And so you'd say, hey, uh, you know, I've got my poem to read, but I also brought my homework that you gave me, which was under the staircase. And so I'm going to read that poem as my homework, and then I'm going to read my regular poem. So that's the only exception to the one poem rule. So you can read one poem right now unless you brought your homework, then you get to read two. Please keep your reads to right around five minutes. Be courteous to the people who are waiting in line behind you. If you want to read a second poem tonight after you've read and we bring you on, you can always call back into the show and get back up into the lineup or just press one. That takes you out of the lineup and then press one a second time and it will put you back in. So if you want to read a second one, you can just go ahead and go through the rotation and you're more than welcome to call back in and share another. Okay. 
Okay. Then when you are done reading, please make sure that you give out your URL. It's real important for people to be able to come find you, read your work, get to know you, do some networking. So make sure you give me your URL. Then remember, please, this is a mature, mature rated show. So you're bound to hear just about anything, and you probably will, with the exception of adult erotica. No word porn. You know, don't get super graphic on here, uh, or we could lose our rating. But it, we do have a mature rating, so besides the word porn, you're bound to hear just about anything. All right? And uh, look forward to finding out what that's going to be for tonight. Now, the next thing I want to do is I want to give you the caller lineup so you kind of, or at least the first couple, so you kind of know where you're at and if you're coming up fairly soon. So our first caller, as I said tonight, is area code 731. They are going to be followed by 540. And then after 540, we have 419. Okay, so those are our first three callers. And I'll try to, you know, keep up, keep up the uh, letting you have the heads up for the next couple callers as we go along through the evening. So without further ado, let's go ahead and bring on 731. 731, are you with me? Hey, let's have some further ado. I like ado. Ado? Ado. Ado. Have you you looked at the email I sent you? As soon as I heard your voice, I pulled up your email. (laughs) All right. All right, well, good enough. That's a Facebook email there, and uh, need to look at that because it's pertinent to to what we're going to talk about here. It's a poem that you wrote and posted on Facebook seven years ago, or eight years ago. Eight years ago. I remember it. Wow, that was a long time ago. Well, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it it had a profound effect on me. I, I'll tell you how much of, of a profound effect it had on me is is today. I left a comment on it that said, this post rarely leaves my conscious mind. You wrote about Muse. It's a Muse poem, okay? If you go back four years ago, I left a comment that said, if I tune everything out and focus with all my heart and mind, I can hear you whisper. I mean, I can hear the muse whisper. Now, I just conceded that you are the muse at that point four years ago. And I, nobody caught it, so I got away with it. So it's just though it really didn't happen, but maybe it did. <laughs> um, now, there's there's a lot of irony here, okay? But first, I'm going to read the poem, and then, well, I'm going to read the poem, and you can talk about what the poem is. And I'm going to tell you why this is keen, because because in a way, it, it it has something to do with my demise. Okay. You you want me to tell what the poem is, what the secret of the poem is about, what it's really about? And then I'm going to, okay. then I'm going to tell you, then I'm going to tell you something about the post. It's not even going to come close to making you happy or smile. It's probably going to make you want to throw something through the window, but that's okay. As long as we get to see it and hear <laughs> okay. it, it's okay. All right, here you go. I'm going to really bring some stuff back to you tonight. The poem is called Curl by Nyla Alicia. Curl. 
Behind the bend of her lips lies a legacy of imagined stories told by all who have seen her face and even by some who have only dreamed of it. The true mystery of the news, so simple, as the answer lies locked behind the smallest curl, but there will be no unweaving, for her lips are sealed, and we are left to remain captive in the beautiful and tormenting wonder of it. End poem. That sounds really pretty when you read it. Well, it's prophetic when you read it, so tell us, what was your mindset when you wrote this? And 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 when you, obviously, I can tell by the length of the poem that you got your entire thoughts you wanted to get out. You got it all out, and you said, done. Now, mm-hmm. carry on. It is written about the Mona Lisa. About how, you know, it's written about being a muse, but it's written specifically about, it's written about being a muse. Being a muse is what the poem's about, but the muse that I used to focus on in this piece is Mona Lisa and how, you know, so much has come from that little smile of hers. And so when it says behind the bend of her lips, behind the smallest curl, when I say that in that piece, it's talking about how that has captivated and held us and and inspired us and and she's been that muse for all that time so it's about being amused but the the subject was the Mona Lisa fantastic that's a great example of a muse I like that now um, no nobody really pays attention or cares but I'm really spiraling toward Retirement from the writing world. I haven't posted anything on my poetry page in well over a year, but there are some things I'm I'm going to come back and write. And I I told you months ago I owed you a poem, and I do. I do owe you a poem, and it's really based on eight years ago. Eight years ago, what transpired, and it's all in the comments. Every bit of it's in the comments. We were talking about musing and. And somehow it got to Christmas music, okay? We've both been listening mm-hmm. to Christmas music. And and then I pointed out to you that Teresa had seen something on the Weather Channel. And he said, what? And it was a, uh, a tornado. It was a tornado in Almsville that day. Mm-hmm. You missed it. It was really close to you. You were thinking of a way to drive and you could, but you couldn't. You missed Almsville that day. And mm-hmm. and I remember you, you saying, it should have been me. I should have been there. Couldn't find your camera. You couldn't find your boots. But it was a legitimate. It was a little tornado. It was like a, probably an F2. But mm-hmm. it tore that yeah. up. I mean, it tore it up. Uh, um the best, the best, some of the, some of the greatest one-liners I've ever read from tornado stuff. People were like, "There was a trampoline flying over a building," and they were just like totally talking about it all because they all saw it and it happened so fast and nobody was panicked. And but you did, you weren't there, okay? So this is the whole, the whole concept of your post here. It's just 
It's absolutely blistering magical. Uh, everyone, it should be required reading. Anybody that's a fan of you should go read through the comments on this. It's, it's brilliant. And it all ties in with the muse part. It just does to me. So I owe you that, and I'll do it. Wow. I love you so much. Well, you know, you life too, happens, and, and days roll over each other like a pebble, and pretty soon you find yourself so far downstream, and you don't know where all the scenery went between point A and point B. I mean, life can be just like that. But I, I want you to know that you are somebody I carry so close to me that you are hemmed into, you're, you're stitched into the hem of my dress. You go everywhere with me. And I just yeah. adore you and love you and appreciate you. So that needs yeah. to be said. Thank you. Obviously, it's the same way here because everything I've ever written about you, I remember. And something like this, <laughs> you know, it is, it's like just the other day. Like I say, I, just, I think about it more often than you could possibly imagine. Nobody else listening out there is going to go like, know what Almsville is, but it's a real place, and and they're still standing. So there. Well, ma'am, guess what? What? Time, time for me to roll on. Make room for the real poets and let you get on with your show. <laughs> Sure, I'm glad I got to visit with you tonight. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome, sweetheart. Love you so much. Thank you. All right. You have a great evening. You too, honey. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. So, guys, that was Michael Todd, and he's just absolutely amazing. You can find him on Facebook, or you can also find him on All Poetry, uh, uh, his work. I should have that pulled up, but I don't at the moment, but I'll grab that. Um, so yeah the uh, the piece that he's talking about Curl, I'm going to post the link to that for I'm going to post the link to that on my page and tag Michael in it so you can uh, look on my Facebook page if you want to read the poem that he is talking about that that I wrote quite a few years ago, about eight years ago and uh, thank you for that, Michael. That meant a lot to me. All right. Our next caller comes from, dun, dun, dun. That's my suspense music. Area code 540. 540, you're on the air. Hey, Philip Church down in Virginia. Hey, how you doing, sweetheart? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Tonight, how are you? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. It's just been a phenomenal, it's been a phenomenal, crazy, fucked up week. You know, no absolute what? other way to put it in all of its its glory and color of language. You know, it's just, it's been one of those amazing weeks you just stand there and you go, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, very cool, very cool. I'm a... Uh, uh, Doing a lot better than the last time that you uh, heard from me uh, uh, medically. I've really uh, been able to come back pretty strong. Uh, I knew you, you would. don't know it. Huh? I said I knew you would. I told everybody you would. I knew. Yeah, my my uh, my, my daughter uh, says I'm too ornery to die. Probably. <laughs> 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 No, I. Uh, uh, you know, every time I think about that, every time I get scared and think, "Oh my gosh, you know, something's gonna," ha-, I go out and do something really, really, really naughty. 
Nobody else may yeah, see it there you go. or know about it. But St. Peter's or whoever the heck is going to be up there, all the gods and goddesses that to the known world that are sitting up there watching me right now, they're seeing it. <laughs> so I just make sure I go out and do something really bad. I want to keep them so entertained, and we'll make the pact between us. You and I are going to do this. We are going to keep them so entertained watching this story down here that they forget to take us up there. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a, And yeah, that's I'll, your I'll, homework. I'll I want you to write a poem about that, about being so damn entertaining and the shit that you're doing in your life that they're going to forget to even take you up there because they're having so much fun watching you. That's that's, that's right. your prompt, writing prompt. I keep, I keep the gods highly amused. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind being their plaything. <laughs> now, what you don't know. Uh, my wife left me September 20th. <laughs> wow. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, that was one of the things. That, all the stress that I went through with that uh, kind of helped bring on the last uh, uh, flare-up that I had. It got me so sick. So, and uh, it's funny because I, I have to say that because now I'm I'm alone here uh, where I live except for my, my cats, my two cats. And... Uh, we're having like this big war in here tonight. <laughs> Never wanting to be, you know, right where I'm at, doing what I'm doing, and all this kind of stuff. So, if you if you hear me yell at a cat or something, that's what's going on. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I was able to finally get out some more, you know, and because mm-hmm. I'm I'm no longer a couple, I'm just me. I, I go and do some of the things I used to do before I got married. Uh, and I have a magic thrift shop here in Blacksburg, Virginia. And a magic I, thrift I shop. Like a magic thrift shop. Okay. Um, and you know this is the home of Virginia Tech, so the stuff that ends up in our thrift shop here can be a little interesting, anyway. But like, they got a table over where the books are at that they sell, and. Uh, I always look on the table because there's always something interesting. And I, there was this little brown book, uh, $2, and it's uh, Shakespeare's Tragedy of Hamlet, edited by William J. Rolfe in the 1881. <laughs> Are they the little tiny uh, ones that are like half the size yeah. of a paperback? They're the miniature ones? Yeah, yeah $719 was the last bid I saw on eBay for this thing. I just bought for $2. <laughs> But it's not me. I'm not going to sell. I won't tell it. But uh, uh, <laughs> this is this is. You know, this, I've got a, a portfolio of etchings of plays from William Shakespeare. They were the, the whole thing is 32 etchings of that were done to his plays, inspired by his plays from 1631. Wow! Wow! That, well, that's I, my see, Shakespeare I, treasure. I, I like I like my Shakespeare. I'm a Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, um, when I first started all this writing poetry stuff, uh, I was 52 years old and had never really done it before. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, I'm writing all this poetry and all this stuff is happening. And here at Virginia Tech, uh, uh, long story short, one of the uh, uh, part of the faculty over there, Heard about me and invited me to uh, join a, a workshop there at Virginia Tech, and 
uh, he started mentoring me and, and everything. And uh, he was, continues to be, and of course now I am, a huge fan of Matty J. Stepanek. Do you know who that was? I do not. Okay, Matty Stepanek was a, a, a little boy who became a, the poet for peace. He was uh, the uh, MDA Telethon uh, International, uh, you know, uh, poster ambassador for three years. Uh, Jimmy Carter um, said he was the most amazing person he'd ever met. He was on Larry King Live a lot and Maya Angelou and all these people. Because he, he, you know, he was this this, uh, this quadriplegic boy, terminally ill, just coming out, cranking out just some wonderful poetry, and um, really into peace. And uh, I'll never forget, you know, I never heard of Matty J. Stepanek. I didn't know anything about poetry, and the first thing my mentor told me uh, about poems is that they are heart songs. And he said he had gotten that from this little boy, Matty J.T. Stepanek, who had just recently passed away, uh, who who called his poetry his heart songs. And his first book was called Journey Through Heart Songs by Matty J.T. Stepanek. And um, so I was keen to, to teach myself everything I could about poetry. Uh, because evidently I was already doing some things, you know, and in, in just naturally in meter and rhyme and so on and so forth. But I, I wanted to learn the forms. I, you know, I wanted to, to teach. I was very hungry to learn. So I went to the thrift shop and got all these books I could find on how to write poetry. And there it was Maddie J. Stepanek's Journey Through Heart Songs, $2.00. So I bought it, got it home, opened it up, and uh, it's actually inscribed by Matty J. Stepanek to the woman who did the illustrations from the book. And how that wow. ended up in Blackbird, Virginia, I'll never know. So, yeah, once again, you know, um, my magic uh, thrift shop has done me well because now it's given me this beautiful little Shakespeare's Tragedy of Hamlet that uh, for $2 that uh, – so far, I've seen where other people have paid like eight hundred bucks for it. So now that's why post-it notes are really important because that book was important. And, but when she when she slid into home base, you know, the family went into the house and took all her stuff and oh, this is just a book and got rid of it. They didn't even open it. They had no clue what it was. That's why post-it notes well, are important. I have them all over my house because if something happens and I get hit by a bus because I'm you know walking across the street with my pad and pencil open. Um, you know, the, these things are important. Well, now, like I have a, the one shelf in my office, so my kids know these are the poetry books I'm in. <laughs> these are the yeah. most important ones. Save them from the fire. <laughs> Get Shakespeare next. <laughs> well, I uh, so funny. now Maddie's mom is is one of my Facebook friends, and and and. Uh, she also has this this, uh, this muscular dystrophy, and, and she's been in a wheelchair and, and, and so on. And, and uh, uh, I made her a part of my, my outlaw poetry group, which I know you're, you're probably familiar with that. So what I did was I, I wrote a poem dedicated to Maddie. And, uh, you know, so, you know, just thinking about him and the heart songs, 
that's the poem I'm going to read tonight, you know, because, I don't know, last time I, I guess I kind of ended things on sort of a sour, gloomy note, and uh, I'm going to bring, bring I, things I up a little bit. I didn't think so. I think that there it was perceived at points to be that way, but that's not what you were doing. I, I you know, I heard... I heard what you were saying in your piece, and 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 I know that was absolutely not your intent to do, and you right. know it was just it was a very sombering, because you're so well loved here, you know, so it was very sombering for a lot of people. But right. I knew everything would be fine, and and it is, and I'm happy, and and. Uh, well, you know the thing with you me, know, so there, it was cool. It was it was absolutely wonderful. It was fine. I absolutely. I mean, you can. Say, hey, I know this guy, and he is the real deal. He lives and dies. He for poetry. This is what I live and die for. You know, this is my ride or die, <laughs> which is 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 uh, my poetry, my writing. Uh, you know, so this is called um, dedicated to Maddie J. T. Stepanek and his mom, which she loved it. It's called On Heart Songs, and I'm gonna. Uh, read this one now, and then I'll, I'll shuffle on and let give someone else a chance, because I know I'm running long here. <laughs> so, here we go. <laughs> There's a wondrous place when seen in context, which exists and then passes before the speaking of a word. It lies just beyond what's occurred and what happens next. And one listens carefully, it's where heart songs are heard. The notions of past and future are merely what we insist. Both the last moment and the next are beyond our effects. The truth is, this moment is the only time we actually exist and only have the here and now where we can have effect. Vainglorious pursuit can become so self-defeating when a heart's songs are recorded, be wise as sages, bearing in mind both riches and fame are fleeting, Heart songs must be inscribed to stand the test of ages. Be still and listen in your heart for the echo from above. Listening close in a peaceful moment of no fear or panic, you can hear the heart songs, recognized by their love, and join the ranks of peacemakers like Maddie J. The Pat. That's absolutely incredible. You know, it's pretty amazing when somebody, you know, that's why, that's why I, my, I mean, this is an exact, a perfect example. I'm taking a minute, you guys, but this is my show, so you have to bear with me and know that I love you and love me anyway, just by myself. But that's why I talk about when I say you have to read more than you're writing. You have to have that input. You have, I mean, had you not done that, you would not know who Maddie is. Had you not known who Maddie was, you may not have been inspired to push in the way that you did or how you did or, you know, and so even though he's not here, his fingerprints still are. He is still here. He is still touching people. He is still changing lives. He is still doing his heart songs. You know, he's not there, but he's still here. And those are the fingerprints that I talk about, you know. Just awesome. And it's neat when you find a, a a poet or somebody that inspires you and touches you like that, that you feel that connection with. You know, everyone will laugh, but my, one of my absolute favorite poets in the world is Jewel. 
Yes, Jewel the Songwriter. Oh, you may not know, she, she has a book of poetry out. But, you know, she, just the way that she writes, her, her, she's an incredible freaking woman, you guys. You really should read up on, on Jewel, who's her past, her history, who she was, growing up in Alaska, you know, being taught classical poetry. Poetry was her first love. She just kind of fell into uh, song, being, being a song uh, a, a musician and a singer by accident when she was living homeless and living out of her car. Um, you know, an amazing story, but her poetry talks to me. Her poetry speaks to me in a way that I know her. You know, I know her because part of me is, you know, it's almost like it's it's monozygotic, you know, like a twin. Like I, I know you know, I could stand there and look at her and know without saying anything. I don't know if that even makes sense, but you know, she's just just amazing. So, if you don't go out there and explore, you know, you won't find these treasures that will will change you, touch you, these fingerprints that stay with you forever. You know. Anyway, I lo- I love that you shared that because now I got to go off my tangent to make people go have input so they can have output. Okay, I'm done. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, y'all can find me on Facebook, Philip Church. I'm on Amazon. I, uh, you know, my books make great, <laughs> great Christmas gifts. Gift. Hey, you guys, think <laughs> well, about that seriously. You know, you want to give somebody a gift? Think about that. Support each other. Poetry makes amazing gifts. You know. And now I'm so, the yeah, full support of All right, right. Philip. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Fantastic job, hon. All right. Talk to you next week. All righty. Bye-bye. All right, so I'm going to give our next callers. Um, We have 419, that followed by uh, 220, and then 989. So let's go ahead and grab 419. 419, are you with me? Yes, this is Agent 419 calling for duty. (laughs) I should have known that, but I... I try to. I always get hungry because the show's right on at dinner time, right? <laughs> you remember swallowing the last time. Trying, I'm trying to talk, so I'm swallowing. But I've got a a cheese bagel that I'm because it's quiet. I have to have quiet food. I mean, I don't want to be sitting here, oh, you know, munching on so corn on the cob or something while you guys are reading. But so I eat quiet <laughs> food. But yeah, oh, chewing on an apple or, or something. So if I wasn't trying to hurry and swallow that piece of bagel, I would have realized it was four one nine. How much more of that bagel do you have left? <laughs> um, not enough dinner. to last for three hours, for sure. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, I can get through this poem even though it might be gruesome. I didn't want to ruin your dinner. No, 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 <laughs> really. No, I, I, I've got maybe like a, a, a two-inch square piece of the bottom half of the bagel left. I was hungry. It's, I nommed that. It's, it's gone. <laughs> okay, I feel better now. <laughs> okay. Ah. Well, I, I'm writing a piece um, that that touches my heart, but um, there has been a murder, and I'm sure people get murdered every day. I'm not trying to discount anybody else that went through that, but this one personally grabs me because I have to drive past the, the place every day to go to work, and it was really close to home, even though I don't know, you know, the victim um, or whatever, but it just touched me enough that I needed to write about how I felt about it, and so that's what I wanted to share tonight. Okay. Um, And if anybody doesn't know, this is um, Shelly Gambino, a.k.a. Agent 419. (laughs) Good girl. (laughs) He said to say it in the beginning, I always forget. So 
Okay, I have, it's called Mishawaka Murder 2018. A young lady lost her life the other day, taken before her time, stolen from this earth in a senseless, godless act. This young lady had the rest of her life to live and was going to be a mom. Her child taken before it had a chance at life's first breath. Sadness bestills my heart in the hearing of this travesty. There sometimes seems to be no words. My heart at its deepest depths cannot even begin to describe, let alone fathom the grim reality. Devils walk among us. Their shadows lurch in the still of the night, the quiet, silent deadening of night. The fate of this young lady and her child-to-be simply strikes me at my core, a pain so deep and sharp I cannot explain, nor can I even come close to imagine the pain her family and friends are going through at such a brutal loss. Stabbed in the heart multiple times, suffocated, choked, begged, and drugged to a dumping ground. Just like that, the life snuffed out by the hands of pure evil. And just like that, the heart stops beating. Life is taken, a light burnt out. Another child taken from this world that never stood a chance, taken by the hands of man. This world somehow seems so much colder. There is something sinister in the air. It seems as if people just don't care or have any respect for human life other than their own selfish, callous, murderous prick, calculating, cold, son of a bitch. What the hell were you thinking? That you would get away with this? That the rest of your life would be heavenly bliss? You don't deserve the air you breathe for taking hers away. She had no choice that day as you continued to plunge your knife as you stole away her whole entire life. How in the hell could you have done such a thing, a most brutal and tragic act? You had the lead role. You played your part. And I can't get out of my mind, you knifing her heart. May you get what you deserve and what, what the rest of your pathetic life throws at you. But please know there are front row seats in hell for people like you. Enjoy the ride, you sick fuck. I pray for your soul, for what you have coming to you. And to this young lady, mother and baby, may they live with the angels that they have become. Their lives stolen from the earth before their time was due. May their presence of spirits be at peace and to the murderer forever haunt and peace. That was incredible. You know, we and you're right, we hear about murders, we hear about those types of things all day long. You know, mm-hmm. I, I quit watching, I've worked in the media my entire life since I was 18 years old, and I, everything, I, I quit watching. I mean, I would watch the news and it would just... By the, it was all like an emotional. It ended up being like there's other reasons I quit watching it because I worked in the media and behind the scenes stuff. But I hated the way everything was tragic. You know, everything mm-hmm. was horrible. Everything was bad. You know, and I would. It was like an emotional vampire, and I would walk away. Just you know, it's like why? Why do I sit there every single day and put this crap in my head? I know there's. My mom always says, you know, you, Nyla, you wear. You know, you you wear rose-colored glasses. You just don't see reality. You know, you you don't live in reality. And I tell her, I says, Mom, I do. I do see reality. You know, I've got a whole drawer full of these glasses at home in case a pair break. I don't live in my own little world because I don't see reality. I live in my own little world because I do. Because you do, too. You know, it's like I don't want to be in a society where everything is so ugly. You know, so I'll just sit here in my little corner and try to make it prettier for the people in it. But when a murder or something like that, when you hear about it on the news, it does not have the impact 
that it does when it happens to someone down on your corner. And psychologically, it's because that person, even though you didn't know them, you don't know that. She could have been the person that you bumped into at the library. You could have exchanged greetings walking in and out of a bathroom. You know, it's somebody you could have, should have, would have maybe knew. You know, mm-hmm. they they, it, they are much more tangible, you know, did, and, be, and you don't realize you're thinking these things, but that psychologically that's the reason why. It's like th- this is a person, you know, th- this was one of mine. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's almost yeah, was, a guilt was, there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, went, so, I went there today. I wanted to take a picture of the scene just to put it with my poem because I did put it on Facebook. And um, it, she had her uniform there, number 10, and she was 17 years old. And I just reflected back as well that I played sports in high school and my number was number 10 as well. And it was just kind of really, it just hit home because it's so close, you know. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which is, it's, it is very sad, and and I think it's pretty awesome. You celebrating her, standing up for her, giving that voice to her, even though she does not have that option to do herself anymore. You know, through you, she's still she's not silent, and maybe that message will get out there strong. But you know, I think that just the whole way you wrote about it is really interesting, and it's really important to know. I mean, as a writing tool. You know, that's why I talked about the psychological aspect of it. You know, when, when it happens at home, it's because it's somebody you may have touched, someone you should have known, maybe you did know. And so that knowing that, knowing that's the response you have the next time that you're writing about somebody, something like that, you know, you'll understand that. And you wrote it in that way, naturally, because naturally, subconsciously, you know, that is where your mind was at. But, you know, if somebody else is talking about it, you know, that you'll be able to pull on this now and be able to share that experience and why it affected you and how, you know, and that may inspire somebody else to explore that avenue too. Yeah. So uh, yeah. just, <laughs> yeah, I could tell it was real emotional for you, Reed. It was kind of a hard one, hard one to hear. Yeah. yeah. But it yeah was I, awesome. I didn't mean to swear, but it just felt like it had to come out, you know, the way I Oh, felt. you said a potty so, word. <laughs> It's okay. No, Sometimes, you I know, wanted to apologize you. I've said this before. You know, there's there's a lot of pieces of poet, my poetry where I use the word fuck. And it's not because I just throw it in there and and use it as slang. It's because that word has, has an emotion connected to it. It can be used in many different ways. It's very descriptive. Sometimes it is the only word that will have the impact you need it to have. And so I use it in my poetry. So don't make you don't make an excuse for it being in there if you're using it in a literary way. If you're using it in 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 a way to illustrate, you know, that's not bad. It's not a bad word. It is a word. You know, it it is neither good nor bad. It simply exists. It's how we use it that makes it good or bad. So just remember that you don't need to make an excuse for it. <laughs> yeah, I just think I was just so disgusted with the act it just come out. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, so, Which is exactly yeah. why it did. It was it was the only word that was a nail into the emotion. There's no other word you could have used. I was yeah. so upset. Yeah. I, I, I was I was very distraught. No. No. <laughs> no. It was a very yeah, good example of that word being used in poetry. Perfect. Awesome. 
Thank you. All right, love. Tell everyone how to find you again. Uh, yes, um, I'm Shelly Gambino. Um, I'm on Facebook under Shelly Gambino where I put a lot of my poetry. Otherwise, I do have a poetical intrigue page on Facebook that's just all my poetry. It is a public site, so if anybody goes and looks at it, you can see me there and all my poems that I put on there as well. Awesome. All right, sweetheart. Thank, thank you, you for so allowing much. me to share. <laughs> You're <laughs> welcome. Bye, honey. You, you have a good evening. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. All right, our next caller comes from area code. Like I said, we have two two zeros next, then we have nine eight nine, and then we have two one six. So, two two zero, you are on the air. Hi, Nyla. It's Sean Tucker. How are you? Hey, Sean. How are you? I'm doing really good. I'm doing really good. Pretty excited to. Uh, I got a new piece I put together that's a little different than what I usually do, so I was pretty excited to uh, to share it with you. Please do. Yep. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about this piece. Um, there's something I do with my writing, and I think some other authors do this too. When they write poetry, they write about writing. And so I do that in this one, if you know what I mean. And the, and I also tend to, when I write, there's two topics I write about a lot. And one of them is my struggles with mental illness. I write about that a lot. And especially more of late, I write about my walk with God and my journey as a Christian, um, which is what I talk about in this piece. But uh, to explain a little bit how this is going to go, what I basically do is talk about the experience of writing and how um, I'm sure there's other poets that do this when they write. It's almost like they're, they're venting on paper like they're talking to someone or they're talking to God and they're just sitting their frustrations on paper. Well, I do that and it's like I'm searching for something. Like I use the pen to vent and I'm searching for something. So that is what I do with this writing. I tell them, I talk to the reader and tell them I'm like searching for something and I talk about finding it by writing. So, so when you're sitting there and you're in that place at writing and you're writing that poem and you're searching and you're searching – how often do you close your eyes and you're rocking back and forth almost like you're hearing a rhythm in your head and moving your hand and holding your paper just knowing it's going to come? Have you ever done that? Close right. your eyes, rock. Exactly. Have you done that? Yeah, yeah. So know, I know, like I know exactly that place you're talking about. Like I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, you're into it. You know, I, I read something once, and it was advice um, from a – I don't remember the name of the poet, but – they said the best pieces, and I disagreed with this so much, and maybe, I don't know, maybe I should agree with it, but it said the best pieces come when you know the beginning, the middle, and the end before you start writing. And I'm like, no, when I write, I'm searching for something, and it helps me write better. I don't want to know the end until I get there. <laughs> I don't know. Like, Does that make sense to you? Mm-hmm. But half the time, yeah. and as writers, I think when we even when we know the end, when we get there, it's not exactly where we thought we would be because they write themselves. You know, they when you, once you start going, they just go with you. Right, right. It's fun to talk about this, especially with someone else who writes. Because, like, you know, if I'm just talking to my friends, they don't they don't get this stuff. But when you're like when you talked about networking earlier, um, it's nice to talk to other people who know what it feels like to write like this and express yourself in this way you know so that's cool but um without further ado this piece is currently untitled 
and here we go. <clears throat> I'm not quite sure what did it, but I felt like I had to pick up this pen again, and finally, I fell with it. Heart wanders and the brain starts clicking. Trembling fingers cease to fidget. Like a bomb, my brain's exploding, and this paper serves as my witness. Somebody please get this. Body feels weak, but my mind feels limitless. Can't fit this. Amount of words in one sentence. Get this? Ready or not, I'm about to hit this. Paper with my feelings ink. It's bliss. So here it is. Do you ever look up to the sky and just know that somebody's listening? Did you feel the beat slow down? And my page suddenly started glistening. Your heart opened and your curious mind lit up. Fire kindling. I'm not kidding. I'm just getting the feeling I've been missing from above. Like two lonely doves, a mind away from his heart is far from content. Like an itch, it must be scratched. Feels good to find my fuel. Do you see my fire? Because it's just been lit. Get it? Every time the missing piece to my piece puzzle comes up missing, my mind goes crazy and starts hustling to find a solution. But the solution was in the loving hand of God in which my heart was nothing without the grace I forgot about. Mine shouts. And the beat picks back up. If you're ignoring this message, then good luck. I'll still love you and pray that eventually you'll give up these convictions I always raise up. My heart to a place where my mind always was. That dove finds its love and everything starts making sense from above. Right where my lost heart always was. And put down this pen. Because I finally found a love that was missing. Racing mind dwindling. Back down to a normal pace. God's grace defeats my waste of emotion. Can you taste this place? It's amazing. No place like this. It stays with me. Inevitably, the pen found why it was picked up. Thank God my writer's block is no longer stuck. I found all the love I needed in him. And peace. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful testimony to your draw of strength. Incredible piece, honey. Hey, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I feel like I'm... You're very welcome. Um, getting, yeah, I feel like I'm getting closer. Like, I've talked to you about my journey in writing before, and I used to just angrily vent my emotions on paper, and, like, they didn't even make sense to people, but they made sense to me. And I feel like I'm getting closer, especially, like, uh, a lesson you you taught me, actually, one of my first times I called in a few years back, um, you had told me when you start reading to people, whether it be on like this radio show or posting videos online, you're going to experience something and you're going to start writing different. You told me that. And I did. When you, like, you when you first way. started performing and sharing in public and reading, that would make you write yeah. differently. And, and you you would never look at writing the same way again. Yeah. I remember that. Exactly, and to me, that's because you're sharing. You, people are gonna hear it, <laughs> you know. And I, I think sometimes I hold back a little bit, and other times I second guess. Like, do I really want to put all this out there? Um, but I think a lot of it, when you just take that leap and put it out there anyway, it usually pays off because people can relate to you. People feel too, you know. And it's been really mm-hmm. powerful. It's been really cool. Do you think that um, yeah. you're a better writer now? 
you've changed? Yes. Or, yes. or a stronger writer? And, yeah. Well, actually, this is a funny thing I'd like to talk to you about. Like, yes and no. Um, I think my writing is more enjoyable to people since I've started giving it. But, like, I write in a certain form that isn't the most popular. Like, if you were to give it a rhyming scheme, I'm really good at going A, B, A, B. And then I go A, A, B, B. <laughs> and, I, you know, <laughs> but um, when I read, like, I like to follow um, Button Poetry. I'm sure you know that, uh, Facebook and stuff. And I listen to all the other poets that have made it and have sold like a million books and, you know, they drive better cars than I do. Um, and I'm thinking their poetry is nothing like mine. So I'm like, should I conform and write my stuff like theirs or should I keep it out? You know, I'm just torn on it. Cause like, honestly, I get exhausted with like, I, I opened up a Facebook page and I got like 50 people following it. I'm like, man, this is going nowhere. But at the same time, when when I talk to someone or like talking to you guys or a friend who reads my work on Facebook, I get amazing feedback from it. But so let me ask time, you this: like, Should you conform or should you should not? Blah blah blah, whatever. Let me ask yeah. you what you want to be. Do you want your poetry to be Walmart with the generic appeal for everybody, or do you want your poetry to be an an artesian shop to be different, to be something that right. is unique, yours. Only and you have your voice. Only you can write what you write. So that's what you should do. Don't I ever agree think. with you. Right. And I think there's something I do with my writing, and I can't put a word to it, but it's a little bit different. And I like how you put that because um, people feel it when I write, like especially if like they're not listening to me on the show not a video on Facebook, but if they're actually like reading my book or one of my pieces, it usually feels like I'm talking to you. I'm talking to the reader. And I think that's something unique that I, I feel like I'm on to something. Um, so I don't know. I think I just need to keep doing what I'm doing. But, man, I don't know. Maybe I need a marketing manager to get my <laughs> – because I it's like you, I was independently published on my two books. So I – I sold maybe a little over a hundred books in three years. And for anyone who has published a book before, that's like, I'm not making a living by writing books. <laughs> you know, that's not very many. You know, books. Billy Collins, who has been, you know, who's one of my, one of my very favorite contemporary poets of our time, who's been the poet laureate of everything in the world, in the world, still what the best selling him and Kay Ryan are the two top best selling poets of our generation right now, of our contemporaries, okay. and phenomenal. Both of them, you guys should read them if you've not read them, Kay Ryan and and okay. uh, um, Billy Collins. But he still has a day job, honey. Right, right. I I gotta tell myself. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I I actually read that once. When you know a lot of new authors, including myself you read these how-tos and stuff on, you know, how to get your stuff out there, and they warn you, like, right off the rip, hey, if you're explaining on making a living being a poet, <laughs> you're going to get a wake-up call because there's only... You know, the only genre your- where you can actually make a living 
as a poet is writing erotica. Erotica poets are some of the highest paid writers, period. Yeah, that's not me. <laughs> but but that is, I mean, it, it's, it's the truth. You know, erotica yeah. writers make a lot of freaking money. Uh, Sex well, I'm not going to conform that much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, and do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can come visit with you. On Facebook, search Sean Tucker Poetry. That is the name of my page. And you can actually, I just started a YouTube channel. There's only a couple of videos on there now, but I'm, I got the nerve to uh, record myself in a video reading spoken word. So that was a new step for me. So you might want to check that out. Um, so that's how you find me, uh, Facebook or YouTube, Sean Tucker Poetry. Awesome job tonight, sweetheart. Thank you so much. If you think about it, go put that uh, put the YouTube link for the video on my page so it's easy for everyone to find, and they can just click over and uh, throw you a like. We'll do it. Yeah, definitely. I'll do that. Cool. All right, sweetie. Great job tonight. Thank you. Thank you. I'll see you, Nyla. All right, hon. Bye-bye. Bye. All righty. Thank you, Mr. Sean. Our next caller comes from area code 989. 989, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. This is George Wiley. Hey, George, my dear. How are you? I am pretty good. I am pretty good. You uh, you mentioned uh, uh, Collins, Billy Collins, and uh, and they talked about networking and such. Um, Dennis White, who was a you know sort of a, in a way my mentor and uh, a, a good friend that doesn't live far from here, and uh, we see each other occasionally. Um, and uh, he just gave me uh, the, the Billy Collins CD of the ones got the great some of his better poetry in it, and I can't wait to start playing it. Um, even though I've heard a good part of it um, already. But it's it's something, and you mentioned networking too. Gifting gifting uh, books to other people is an awfully nice idea, mm-hmm. as you know. It is. Okay, my uh, this one I'm going to read tonight is called um, "Taking a Bite of America into You, America." But I don't know that you will taste right. Your breath blows of dirt and carbon. Your tongue is swollen with hate. You've stopped going to school and your flesh hints at stagnation. Your model scalp sheds the hair of idealism. You stink of animosity. Your stomach fills with fatalism, your bowels with the detritus of war. Your skin is pinking up with the cancers of disunion, the herpes of corruption. Your pockets are emptying of thought and idealism. Your glasses are broken. Your heart is distended with lack of trust. Your head has married up to false pride. What year was it, 1969, when you placed your foot on the moon, when Reverend King had shown us a peaceful way to love? You seemed to have the taste then of hope and progress. Now your breath is bad. If I squeeze you close, America, will you hug me back? Or will you bleed out? Are you still able to make choices by yourself, my fine land? Or do you need a straitjacket? Are your sane leaders still in the saddle, or have they been bucked off into self-interest? 
America, I beseech you to start feeding yourself with the right things, like the fruits of labor or the meats of truth. Spoon into yourself the soup of soul. You are no longer pregnant with altruism or ripe with truth and wisdom. You've closed your arms to those with other toned skin, with faith not in your book. Skin no longer glows with tolerance. Your book of wisdom is gone from your pocket. America, I want to taste you again, to smell your prospects, to touch your essence. I, I fear your body is already being grilled up with the fires of greed. I sense your patience is, is gone for civility. Your time for gentility is faded. There is a dark place just on the road. It stinks of flesh-eating monsters. I want to taste you once more, America, but maybe you are overcooked. End of poem. You know, you really get down in the trenches with with that piece. You know, this doesn't sound like a, a weird analogy, but you know, especially just because of the time of year we just got through going through or are going through still, depending where you are, uh, you know when people rake their leaves out, rake their leaves and it's fallen, all those leaves are falling, and they make these big piles of uh, leaves on the street, and then the street sweeper guy comes and takes them away. And you're dive, driving down the road, and there's these great big huge piles of these beautiful fall leaves and everything on the ground. Mm-hmm. And I can't help it drive through them, and then the neighbors get mad because leaves go everywhere. And, yeah, I'm not real popular in my neighborhood. <laughs> but that's another story. But you know when you look at the you, you know you you look at those piles and they're beautiful and and everything's you know the the colors and and you know what you expect fall to be but if you take a shovel and or your foot and you kick down to the bottom of that pile you find the slime you find the de- uh the the leaves decomposing you the you know the the smells different it's mulchy and and not pretty it's not pretty like the leaves on top that are all you know decorated in pretty colors but it's 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 like the down and dirty underside the 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 underbelly that you don't want anyone to see and uh so when you were reading that poem that's the image that came to me is you know writing about life's dirty underbelly um, you know, you, making us recognize that it's there, talking about it, you know, kicking your foot through that leaf pile and, and dredging it to the top so it can't be ignored. I just, I thought it was a great piece. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. I don't know if that made much sense or not, sure. but. No, it did. It did. And the smell, uh, the smell changes, of course, too, when you kick into a leaf pile. Um, mm-hmm. You know, changes the smell right above it too, and and that's sort of what I was getting at with this thing is sort of dredging into the guts of it and pulling them out in the open. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, another thing that's that that is the same experience, and if no one's ever done this, if you have access to be able to do this, I highly suggest it. Okay, because you can sleep doing this. Go on a two-day trip, and mm-hmm. go find an Amtrak train station. Train tickets are pretty cheap, you know. So, you know, say I was living here in, uh, you know, I would take the train here in Oregon. I would take the train up to uh, Montana and back and just go on a train ride and write. You know, you sleep right there. It, 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 it's an adventure, folks. You don't need your, you know, your 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 sleep foam mattress all the time. Sleep in the train. and But just when you when you're on a train, when you drive down Main Street of a town, 
All right. You're seeing the pretty, you know, the pretty storefronts. You're seeing the pretty, you know, pots of flowers sitting on people's stoops. You're seeing all the, you know, all the the beautiful beautiful America what we put out there on display. But when you're on a train, it's like looking at America with her skirt up. You know, you're you're seeing the backside. You're seeing the stuff that's not so pretty. Well, on whose skirt you're looking at, but I guess uh, yeah, that's another poem. Right. But you understand what I mean. When you're when you're on a train, you're seeing things in a way, and seeing the little towns you're driving through. It's all completely different. It's pretty cool, you know. So instead of seeing all the pretty fronts, yeah. you're seeing all all the secrets that are hidden in the back. So if you've not done that, I suggest you do. Right. That. I'm done. Okay. Well, thank you. All right. Well, I'll um, make room for the next reader. And um, thank you, Nyla. I'll move on. You're very welcome, sweetheart. Great job tonight, honey. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Okay. So our next caller. Oh, let me get that over there. Dun, 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 dun. This is my hold music. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 216. 216 is going to be followed by 832 and then 256. So, 216, are you with me? Yes, I am. <laughs> Mama, I love you. Yes, thank you. Wow. Mama, how this I love you, how I, I love you. Okay, I'm done. I was, I was singing I was to you. Thank you. Well, I love you back, but <laughs> I can't sing. I can hum. Mm-hmm. Did you get that message? That's beautiful. I don't know what it was, but it was beautiful. <laughs> it was humming, I love you, and I love you more, and you're so delicious. Mm. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're on a tantrum today. I see you are just ready to go. You sound so happy. I can't wait to hear what the secret is. Major Nyla Happy is. I'm waiting. Oh, you will shit your pants. You are not going to believe it. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm like, I can't even read my form right. You want to go ahead and tell us now? No. <laughs> that was a real mean no. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was just okay. a very self, I'm absolutely sure I do not want to tell you now. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, that was great. Uh, <laughs> John is so sweet. Is that him on, the, on there saying that um, his poems are not traditional and he doesn't know what to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me yeah, he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. I know, right? Mm-hmm. You know, nothing because, against Walmart, uh, but who wants to be a Walmart poet? <laughs> the only Walmart poets that I know of are for Hallmark. You know, nobody wants mm-hmm. to do that. Of course, they're making more money oh. than we are. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, I've done that before, and uh, you know, had my own little business going there. But um, you know, like you said, it's kind of boring. You know, being in that box. You know, so I just rather make up my little own green cards and just send them out. Like even when people send robo messages, like you know. Tell me, passes out to 20 friends. I said, my friends will get so upset if I send them this and tell them to send it to 20 people. <laughs> I said, create your own message. 
Mm-hmm. They don't like these. Anyway, this is a poem I wrote um, the other day, and I put it on what uh, soup if anybody wants to read it. It's called Stuck on Belief, and then Belief is B, which B-E-L-I-E, which is B, lie, and it's sounded the F-S makes this, so you'll be relying on lies or if. So belief, and the name of the piece is out, belief gives me the creeps. I hope Sean is listening. People laugh and get tickled pink when I respond to them by saying, I have forgotten more than you ever knew. Well, it's usually true. And I get tickled, too, because they have forgotten that I told them that already. Especially when some neophyte has meanwhile discovered that the world is neither flat nor round. Some of my, some of my adopted kids, my kids or grandkids, especially the new philosophers, laugh out loud. If they only knew. And stop trying to one-up your mama and your grandmama. Remember, two ears and one mouth. Listen more and talk less. Everything you know, think you know, or will ever know is subject to change. See, I have survived, thrived by using the spirit of discernment. Chicago, New York, Cleveland, South Beach, Myrtle Beach, Georgia, Jam Down, Philly, California. I see you, through you, and know you. Millions of clones give out the same clues. Not useful, but want someone to use. I deal with the wicked differently. And I gravitate towards the genuine and the pure of heart easily. Because if I wasted my energy proving to all of the backbiters and deceivers that I know, I'll be wasting all my time. I know who you are and I saw what you did. I will be spent. Then you would dislike me for calling you out. I only call out people that I trust. Calling them out would make us closer, right? But I won't because a person with no shame is never worth shaming. See where I'm aiming? Them wonder and ask themselves. I wonder if she caught that. I wonder if she knows I did that. Mostly, I need my mind to be free. See, I write stuff and I'm done. Whom the pros Poems fit. Let them wear it in peace. That was phenomenal. So I need to ask you this because mm-hmm. it's something I'm doing after the first of the year. I'm going to be doing prompts on my page, and there the prompts are all going to be from poems the week before from taken the prompt's gonna be a, a line from a poem taken from the show the week before. And the line in that poem that just struck me really hard and I before I forget I wanna ask you this. 
um, and then I need the name of the poem again, is the line is, I deal with the wicked differently. I love that line. I deal with the wicked differently. That's a great, great line. So I want to use that as one of the prompts, so I need your permission to do that. Oh, of course. And what's the name of the poem? The name of the poem is Stuck on Belief, B-E-L-I-F-S, Belief, Belief. Can you email that to me? Belief gives me the creeps or the whole poem? The whole poem. It's on, it's on, it's on a poetry soup. Let me just give you the, the address there. I will. To email okay. it or put it in the In a messenger. Which one do you want? In messenger. Would be great. Okay. I'll, yeah. I'll put it in there. All right. <laughs> Thank you for letting me share. I hope so. All right. <laughs> love you, Mama. Thank you. I love you, Mama. All right, honey. Bye, sweetheart. Oh, Vicky Aquafa, go find her, folks. She's amazing, right? Oh yeah, and on, on Facebook and uh, Poetry Soup, uh, allpoetry.com, dot com. But most of my um, poems that um, are rated or featured are on Poetry Soup. So, yeah. Very cool. All right, Mama. Thank you, sweetheart. You're welcome. Thank you, Nyla, for always being here for us. I adore you. I adore you, too. We'll talk to you soon, baby. Okay. All right. Our next caller, I'm going to go ahead and give the lineup for the next three. We have area code 832 is our next caller. And then after that, we have got uh, five or 256, 256, followed by, I believe, is a Skype caller. But we do have two Skype callers on hold, so when we get to the Skype caller, we're just going to have to ask a name. All right, I'm going to try to speed things up here a little bit. I get long-winded sometimes. Please forgive me, you guys. All right, next caller comes from area code 832. 832, you're on the air. Hey, Hey, darling, how are you? I'm all right. I had a dream about you last week. Oh, no. And you aren't really blue. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I was really upset. And seriously, I'm joking, but in my dream, I was really upset because when I finally met you, you weren't really blue. And and the whole Uh time I'd always thought you were blue. Uh Uh-huh. Because, you know, the whole soldier blue. So in my dream, I was upset because Mm -hmm. you weren't really blue. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Hey, well, let's put it this way. I know that... uh, Within text of the uh, the Pueblo people, they have 500 words that describe the color blue. So, trust me, I'm in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, what'd you bring us tonight, love? Well, as a piece I was telling you about, and it's kind of an interesting thing in terms of timing. I'm not going to really talk about it much because I'm still just kind of taking it in, but. I received a uh, gift from my younger brother today, and it kind of goes along with everything that I've just kind of been thinking about recently. And and in uh, this sense, I'm talking about um, birth and death and kind of like the, you know, just uh, the the ages, ages, because there's not just one, but there's a series of ages of realization. So this uh, this piece is uh, 
This work is called Growing Up. To grow up as one of us, you are a Holocaustal survivor bathed in the blood of your red earthen ancestors. From the womb. You see the fallout of their world around you before you even recognize what it is. They take you to museums, movies, and if you're really lucky, they will take you to visit the ruins where your people died. Like it's a novelty to be enjoyed. And then next, and that deep tearing of sorrow of spirit begins. You don't know why the pain was ancient before your birth. And people expect things of you. They want you to catch up like everything is dead and is done and over. They yell, they scream, they get excited when you make a move. While all the time through the pall of smoke, fire, sorrow, the madness of agony, your peoples wait with their hands open, arms outstretched, praying that you as one of their own will pick them, choose them over the modern day. Your people's embodied in you, we, the red people, the peoples of red earth. As you look for a sign beyond the tinsel traveling parade of a world insane, feel the sickness of a dying planet all around you, flames that will never fade. And you wonder. What the hell you're looking at? And blood whispers between the syllables, each beat a pulse in your veins, and you don't fit. You're not one of the cool kids, so you learn camouflage, and your interests don't include their kind of stupidity, and you recognize that even if you can't stop wondering why you feel like a goddamn question mark. You struggle, you scar easily, you learn not to cry, you learn when death is close by, wings spread ready for an embrace to show no emotion. You learn not to trust anyone, you learn by smoke, shodze, fire, pete, bones, while he, the bones of your peoples, have set you on fire. You learn to listen more than you speak. You learn how to take a hit and keep walking. And through the garish glare of what's around you, you feel around you in the darkness because the fearful ones don't want you to turn on the lights. Dagonska. They lie to you about what is there, yet to be seen under the morass and see the poison they have made part of you part of. And your peoples pray you will learn discernment. 
second sight through observation to find them. You know what you're expected to see, even as your fingers bleed away with your dreams. While being home there, your spirit wrenched, torn asunder, and you learn truisms. You learn lessons of educational convenience. And then, the dawn breaks. Your skin is removed with obsidian blades from your face. And you learn the truth. That there is no fucking happy ending for you. For your peoples. The playground they put you in is actually a goddamn boneyard. And they want you to play with your father's bones. And you can no longer plead ignorance nor hide from what is left to you, a legacy of death. <clears throat> because you weren't supposed to still be here. You should have only been a memory. And some goddamn clown in an orange wig says, we won't apologize for America for taming a continent. What? Oh, the bullshit of a colonial ass clown and the times say oh never mind annihilation you really shouldn't consider that the real founding of Thanksgiving yeah come on pilgrims feast and harvest celebrations all the time yeah come on make the white feel people people feel good kiss my ass Eyes wide open, skull shots that make the killings of today just another nullification. You're killing your own, you fools. You learn the traditions, the culture of source spirituality that saves you. Dragon Hong, the morph that knits you back together, you learn to spit upon the observable thieves' elections to their deathland politics because no matter who wins your peoples lose satisfaction born of many flavors was never meant for you unless you assimilate renounce yourself die that death of self that makes your insides and whole pain never ending and you learn that titles are for the arrogant Bastard sons, inheritors of the OG merchant class, signers of the Constitution of Ind and Independence. What? You thought it was the Puritans? The settlers slash and burn pilgrims of dismantled destiny? Shadow image of death, flame and hunger hanging over your shoulder. And you learn of 1637, the Pequot people of Mystic, Connecticut, 700 and more killed for their winter stores. The first official Thanksgiving medals, hearty handshakes, land grabs. Till the 1990s, a law in the books of Connecticut made it illegal to mention the name of the Pequot people. Let the past be the past, yeah. There is no rationale for annihilation. 
of one people for the survival of another. The blood does not rinse away. And so you learn that the values of their holidays are for you valueless. And you learn to smile with tells behind it. And you wish them well on their little holiday. So you grew up native to Red Earth and you learned to endure November as you and the spirit born of the Ashanti Dakota await the Christmas gift of the 26th of December as meted out by Abe Lincoln, Dakota Warriors plus two chosen from the original number of over 300 accused of war crimes during the Great Sioux Uprising of the winter of 1862-63, largest mass hanging still to this day in the USA. And you learned that until 1972, St. Paul, Minnesota, Little Crow's skull was hung on display as you grapple with the dark, seeking the terra firma into the sunlight. Gasoline. Dawn breaks and someone says, Happy Thanksgiving, Hick. And all you can think from within is, Fuck you and your goddamn holiday. You smile and say, You the same. Peace with the earth. I'm out. Nevatroni. Hashtag no dapple. The Indian wars continue. Water is life. Monke Ujonge. Woo with me. And peace. Absolutely a phenomenal piece. You know, there were, first of all, kudos for the, the, the way you presented your Trump reference. If, if I could have your children at this moment, I most definitely would. That was freaking awesome. Second of all, you know, I love the line. I love, I love the part in there. There was a line that was something close. It said something like, "You were not supposed to still be here." Was the the concept yeah. of the line, and it made me think about, you know, how. You know, the young children were pulled away from their parents, away from their communities, adopted out to families. Their you know, their clothes taken and they were forced into, quote, quote, white man clothes, um, their hair cut. Uh, they took away their tongue. They weren't allowed to speak anymore. You know, they took away their soul and gave them back an empty name, you know, stripped them of everything to try to make them conform and blend in because what do you do with them when the war is over? What do you do with them when it's not socially accepted to murder anymore? And so I really liked that line in there because it really made me think about that that whole reference and your whole concept throughout the entire poem you keep saying you learned you learned and i think that that's very important part of that piece and not to be overlooked because that's exactly what you're doing by being the storyteller here you know kids today they have their iPhones and they have their this and they have their that they don't think about it the way that we may you know, but they're going to learn, 
As they get older, they're going to learn. They're going to get hit with some reality bricks. You know, they need to know these things. They need to know this history. You know, I, one of the things, you know, you talked about, but you don't hear that in the storybooks. You know, it's it's like the other day I, I was, I can't remember the name of the movie I watched. It was about the lady painter that painted Crazy. Was it Crazy Horse? Oh. Not, I don't know. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I can't remember her name for some reason. But I watched that movie, and it was phenomenal, a phenomenal movie. And just, I mean, it made me ball. I cried so hard, you know. But it, it made me think about um, how how short of a time that was, you know. And, and we don't – everybody talks about how bad, and it was, you know, how bad World War II was. And how evil this all is. And, oh, my God, how could people do things like this to another race? You know, and then you sit there and you look at the pictures, at the, the photographs at the end of that movie, you know, about the uprising and the murders and the women and the children and the mass graves and the bodies piled on top of bodies. And you can overlay them with almost any mass grave picture from World War II. But we would never do that. No, no Our children are not no, taught no. that we did that. We did that first. You know, to a race, but we're good people. You know, I don't think that hiding that is. I mean, I, I and I think about these things, and I feel them so deeply. And so, when you you come and you share your work, and I'm telling you that what you're doing is important, and how it touches me, I truly, truly mean that, because that is a voice that that they have to learn, they have to know. You know, it, it to me, it's just oh, absolutely no crazy the things that we don't teach our children about things that we did, but we're awesome and we're amazing. You know, we would never do these bad things, and we have. You know, if we don't if we don't own what we've done, then we'll repeat it. Obviously, from our clown, oh, no doubt, as we can tell today. Yes, exactly. You know what I'm saying? And you know, people don't realize it. Yeah. All right, they baby. Just, you know, they caught up in all that stuff some, somehow. Exactly. I yammer but, too much. Yes, I wouldn't have to find you. <laughs> oh no, no, that's all right. And uh, you can find me, uh, Rafe Wild, and. Uh, so, uh, Facebook and underneath in parentheses it'll say Soldier Blue and that's me. Awesome. I'm um, right there. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. Great job tonight. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Nyla. I appreciate the time and being able to say something. All right, huh? we'll talk to you in a little bit. Yes, ma'am. Rafe Wild, Mr. Soldier Blue Blue. Make sure you go look him up. Amazing. All right, so our next caller comes from area code 256. You're on the air. Good evening, Nyla. This is Stan. Hey, Stan. How are you, baby? I'm doing fine. That was one hell of a poem. Kudos to Soldier Blue. Doesn't he have a great way of putting words and images together? This is the problem. We do have an untold history. That's why it's so, I say this all the time. You, you know, it's so. That's why what we do is so important, because if we leave what our children are taught up to the people who write history, then the only history they know is going to be the history that benefits or hides or protects or will someone will profit from. You know, of right. the writer of it. You know, so we aren't taught these things because they can't, you know, there's reasons our children were not taught about the internment camps that we had. 
for the Japanese yeah, on American yeah. soil. You yeah, know, I was yeah, never taught that in school. There's, no, there's a reason. Was, so it's important that we write our own history because true history comes from the tongue of the common man, period. It yes. always will. Yes, absolutely. You know, you, you may talk about it and say, well, those are the tales of, of what they, you know, that, that's how they explain this or that's how they explain that. That's what they observed. There's a difference. They were there. They saw it. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, like in our history books, I was taught about this uh, battalion that was one of the most decorated battalions in the United States military history that fought in Germany. And with great pride, they expressed the fact that the majority, this was a battalion made up of Japanese Americans. What they did not tell were these people would come home and find their families and friends had lost their jobs, their businesses, their homes, and their freedom and been put in detention centers. That's Mm -hmm. the part they didn't teach. Yeah. See, and this is the thing. If we continue to hide our history then it can be repeated. And here we are. We've got children in detention centers. I absolutely agree. And I have homework. Yay. What'd you bring? Well, you uh, threw an idea out there called Through My Eyes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And I decided to use that for the title of this piece. Awesome. Through my eyes, I've seen a world bludgeoned and abused. Its gifts for all humanity callously misused. Through my eyes, I've seen the poor's little shared with those with less. Seen entitled status elites share only self-interest. Through my eyes, I've seen sunrise and sunset, nature's grace abounding. Gone in name of progress with corporate profits mounting. Through my eyes, I've seen justice, fairness, and peace to all. But rants of fear and hate cause equality to fall. Through my eyes, history has shown all alleged great civilizations. Without exception, their foundations set on backs bent in oppression. Through my eyes, seen elite few raised in inequity above us all. Till oppressed sands say enough and the elite's foundations fall. Through my eyes, seen love's power lift all of us beyond the greed for wealth and power, peace for everyone. Hearts and souls find conscience, no more misled by lies. I pray someday I might see that world through my eyes. And peace. That was incredible. Thank you. Thank you. You are very welcome. You get A A plus on your homework. Well, I've got to say, I'm... I'm glad I picked that one to begin with because especially following Soldier Blue Blue. I love that you call him Blue Blue. <laughs> well, that's what she do, so I'm doing it too. I, yeah, it, it's funny because he, when he went to do his profile, 
Facebook took it literally, and because he'd placed it in one place, it put it in the other place. So for some reason, he ended up with two blues on his name instead of just one. So I've always called him Soldier Blue Blue. So it it tickles me that you're doing it. (laughs) Well, you did it first. (laughs) Yes, I did. No, Facebook did it first. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, this one is going to be a little lighter. And a little fun. And I did this for the garden. And this is called Staggering Sage. The place of our congregation, a gathering din at the old inn, where fate of mankind and universe discern through haze of whiskey and gin. Enter the elder philosopher, disheveled, closed, steadied by his cane. Grizzled old, his life told on his face. Crapulent be his liver and brain. With reddened but stoic eyes he steadies. To speak of a world cursed by lies, false labels. Alas, near falls but holds fast his glass. As his bent elbow slides off the table. Chuckles fade, he steadies, and we prepare. To make way on his drunken sea of wisdom. Already, though unsteady, to take this journey, setting sail three sheets to the wind, and then some. Some drunkard shit face, they say, he bellows. Yet we fellows, not of those minds, insidious. Unbound integrity found in liquor-tinged truth. It's sober minds who own wits to be perfidious. It's of sober and self-righteous the world plagued. Tis not us of mellow minds who call for war, nor seek power, conflicts through fear and hate. What call to arms us if we can't find the door? He staggers, says, whoa, the room is spinning. My oratory, I stop for now till I recover. So when we next convene, I will finish my speech. Assuming I managed to survive my hangover. In peace. <laughs> that was the perfect, perfect ending to that piece. That was awesome. Thank you. I had fun writing that one. I I could definitely tell that was very cool. <laughs> well, dear lady, I know you've got a lineup waiting behind you, so... I'm Stan Phillips. You can find me at the Garden of Poetry of Prose. You can find me on Friends of Words, Wisdom, Wonder, and Wit. Uh, you will find me on Nile Elysio's Speakeasy Cafe. You can find me on several venues from Epiphany Radio. And tomorrow night, I will be on World Poetry Open Mic. Very cool. Remember, if remember or do if you remember. I can, I can spit this out. Honestly, I can. If you remember, put the link for the show when it comes on the air uh, on my page. And All tell right. everyone that they should come over and hang out with you guys. Oh, thank you. And on to the next. All right, sweetheart. We will talk to you soon, my dear. Great job tonight. Thank you. Good night, honey. Good night. All right, so... We do have two Skype callers, so I'm both Skype callers. As I unmute you, say your name, and I'll tell you which one of you I've got. So, Skype caller, are you with me? Hi, it's Kyle. 
Hi, Colin. 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 I'm sorry. I just I bit my tongue when I'm talking, so that's not, that doesn't come out well. So how are you, my dear? What's going on with you? Uh, I've had a bad chest for the last week, so I've just got my voice back. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, I, I've come with a piece tonight that I've, I, I have performed once, but it, it's not something that I was going to perform on your show because I was feeling a bit, if it got listened to by the wrong person, it might cause trouble for me. But to be fair, I, I think that I just need to do it. Uh, it's called I Wish I Knew Why. I spent far too much time trying to keep the bridge from burning. Now I look down upon the charred remains and I realise I'm still learning. I don't know what it is that made you feel I wasn't worth your time or how you could say to another that that child isn't mine. I know the pain I feel is no worry in your mind. You haven't occurred since I was born. Yet still I fought to save a relationship with a man who I shouldn't have needed to. You are my flesh, my blood. Half of all I am is you. Yet still you try to claim my existence isn't true. It pains me to think that something so precious as a child could be cast aside. I did learn from you. Also very much. You. You thought me weak. Yet still here I stand strong. You thought me stupid. Stating so repeatedly over the years. A continuous berating of you fucking idiots. Rained down upon me. Seeping through the thickening walls of my skin. To reach the very essence of my soul. I believe you thought it logic, that it would toughen me up so, that it would somehow prepare me for how cruel the world can be, whilst at the same time I have to second guess my own reflection. Is it that you never cared, and I really was nothing but a mistake in your eyes? The only question on my mind. Or I say more a wish. Yes. I wish I knew why. And peace. You know, that really kind of hits home with me. Um, you're obviously talking about a mother in that poem, correct? No, it's my father. Your father, okay. So for me, it it made me think of my mother. And... Um, which may be why, you know, I assumed it was, but, you know, I, I could definitely, you know, it was obvious, obviously about a parent. Um, very powerfully, very powerfully written. Um, I'm pretty dang emotional. Yeah. It takes a lot out of me every time I even read it, so... To, to say it out loud, especially sort of publicly, it's it, it's kind of hard. 
Yeah. I do have to I say, though, um, I, I, I did send you a, a bit more of an upbeat piece <laughs> to your uh, messenger after the last time I was on for the anniversary show. Awesome. Uh, you should take a look at after the show. <laughs> it, I will definitely do that, sweetheart. <laughs> What's that? It, it was a bit too roughly written to come on and perform. It, it wasn't as well structured as I wanted it to be. I will definitely go take a look. Thank you for having me again tonight. Um, I can be found on Facebook uh, as Callum Kennedy Hume and on Twitter uh, at Kennedy Hume. And I'll let you get on to the, uh, the next one. All right, sweetheart. Fantastic job. I absolutely love that piece. Very emotional read to hear, as well as the poem I can tell. All right, sweetie. Appreciate you so much. We'll talk to you next week, okay? Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much, Barbara. You're welcome. Bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 219. 219, are you with me? Hello, now. How you doing? This is Brother Overmind. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic, sweetheart. It's really good to hear from you. Oh, same here. Same here. So what do you have for us tonight, sweetheart? It's tireless form is called We All Bleed the Same Color. It doesn't matter for your African American, Native American, Caucasian, biracial, Mexican, Asian, or Puerto Rican. We all bleed the same color. It doesn't matter whether you're natural born citizen or an immigrant. You all bleed the same color. It doesn't matter what your religion, your denomination is. You all bleed the same color. It doesn't matter whether you're Democrat or Republican. You all bleed the same color. It doesn't matter whether you're straight, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender. You all bleed the same color. It doesn't matter whether you have a light brown or dark skin complexion or the amount of melanin in your skin. You all bleed the same color. It doesn't matter whether you're connected to me through family ties, social media, true friendship. You all bleed the same color. It doesn't matter whether you're single, have friends and benefits, in a relationship, engaged, married, or divorced. You all bleed the same color. Doesn't matter what walk of life you come from, where your career occupation is, where your income level is, how much money you got in your savings and savings account, how many assets and properties you own. We all be the same color. Doesn't matter whether you're picture of good health, have a physical or mental disability, have mental health issues or chronic medical conditions. We all be the same color. Doesn't matter which city you represent, which state you represent, what neighborhood you represent, you all bleed the same color. It doesn't matter whether you living in poverty or living a lifestyle of luxury. We all bleed the same color. It doesn't matter how young or old you are, how short or tall you are, or how much you weigh. 
And regardless of your physical appearance, y'all bleed the same color and poem. I love that. It's so true. You know, it, it makes me, everyone laughs at me, and everybody has their own religious beliefs. But I believe in everything. You know, I believe in, there was only one creation. We don't celebrate multiple creations of multiple different peoples and things. It's all one creation. It all, you know, we were only created one time, and we all celebrate the same thing in our own different way. You know, so I believe yeah. that we're all celebrating the same thing anyway. And so I don't do Christmas. I don't believe in organized religions. I believe in one creation, one people, and and one love. All right, I, I think the world should just love itself and stop segregating and hating for the profits of those who are benefiting from presenting us in situations where we do segregate and hate because we are not born that way we are not we are we are taught to hate because there is profit in hate you guys so you know it's like at christmas time you know and everything around i always say um happy merry everything because that covers it all you know Mm-hmm. Happy, merry, everything. Yeah. Anyway, so I liked your poem because it made me think about that. Oh, you are now. I really appreciate the feedback. Really appreciate. Fantastic piece. All right, sweetie pie. Do me a favor. Tell everyone how to find you. For those of you who are not connected to me on Facebook, I can be found under the name Omar Brother O'Gavin on Facebook. And as always, thank you for your support every week. Thank you, sweetheart. Great job, honey. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And we'll talk to you next week, hon. Thank you. I'll be back. All right, hon. And we will see you then. All right. So our next caller, you guys, comes from area code. Oh, it's the other Skype caller. So if I brought you on and you were a Skype caller and I didn't bring you on, now it's your turn. So new Skype caller. Are you with me? Everybody say your name and I'll tell you who I have. All right, so I don't know. Listen, to, if you hear a mute, unmute, you know it's you. Skype and or anonymous caller, are you with me? I hear noises in the background. All right, we're going to have to come back and check with that Skype caller. It could be Cy. could be Robbie. could be any number of people. All right, our next caller comes from area code 220. 220, you're on the air. Hey, Nyla, I'm back. It's Sean Tucker. Hey, Sean. Welcome back, honey. Good to be back. Uh, it's been a while since I've actually uh, called back in a second time, so I'm uh, pretty happy to read another piece for you. Go ahead, please. Yep. Um, this piece, I do this every now and then. I think this is more like what a lot of other people write. Uh, just a little ramble 
about some things going on in society today and a bit of a flashback to from younger compared to now. So this piece is also untitled, so here we go. I can remember being 13, hat tip back, mind free. Mama said, you can't go out looking like that. But you couldn't tell me a single thing. Parents always claimed it was never this bad back in our day. But let me tell you this today. There will be a day you look back and say it just the same way. My God, we dressed silly. But we didn't dress like that. But time takes its course, and it just kills me as I sit back and laugh. But let's get serious for a minute or two. Generations passed. But did it ever seem this bad to you? Streets filled with addictions that are so bad, courts don't know whether to convict them or render them as innocent victims. Shots ring across schools. It's so sad. Is it mental health? Or is it children that were raised that bad? One thing is for sure, this is more than my issue with the latest fad. Will there ever be a cure? Or will this always be the story across the newsfeed on your iPad? Years pass and generations evolve. But let's try to get past that and try to solve the issues crippling our country today. Because when I have a child that's 13, I pray they can tip that hat back and have a mind that's free. This is what seems to matter the most to me. End peace. Incredible, Sean. Thank you. You are very, 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 very welcome. All right, do me a favor. Tell everyone again how to find you, love. Uh, Sean Tucker Poetry on Facebook. You can search it or it's facebook.com slash Sean Tucker Poetry. It was nice being with you guys tonight. I had fun. (laughs) I am very glad. We'll talk to you next week? Yep, yep, absolutely. All right, Sean. Thanks, sweetheart. Hey, thanks so much. Our next caller comes from area code. I'm going to go to the next three so you kind of have a heads up. We have 919, then 202, and then uh, 585. So 919, are you with me? Yes, my dear, I am with you. <laughs> How are you Can doing, you sweetheart? Oh, I'm doing great. Life reverberates within me, and I am grateful. Awesome. So... Grand really in the house. I plan to do this poem since last night because I haven't done it in a long in a long time. And the poem is called Manjiji Boy. I was born on the eastern Caribbean island of Saint Kitts, Upper Market Street, tier to be. Exact. I was raised by my grandmother, Josephine Wee, the second child of one Minerva Fleming of Portugal. Yes, I am Manjiji's boy. I am Manjiji's boy. There he goes. Who is that little 
Black boy. Reply, man, Gigi. The old lady with the guinea trees in the yard. He is Manjiji's boy. He is Manjiji's boy. And I am Manjiji's boy. Yes, I am Manjiji's boy. In a two-room house, I was born on a Saturday. She, Manjiji, would say, and you were born hungry. Your mother did not want anything to eat the day before. You were born sucking your thumb. I would listen as she would tell me how I begun and have now become Manjiji's boy. And I am Manjiji's boy. Yes, I am Manjiji's boy. The resources was meager. But by the time I had realized this, she had already instilled in me a serious love for truth and discipline. And it gave me dignity as standards. Never follow a multitude to do evil, she would say. For broad is the road that leads to destruction and the road to righteousness is narrow. And I swear to you that if there is Anything becoming about me, it is because I am Manjiji's boy. I am Manjiji's boy. Yes, I am Manjiji's boy. There were times when I would scoff at her teachings and look at her indignantly as you is prone to do, thinking, foolish old woman, that's when she would go. Granville, John, thinks that I am stupid. The boy thinks that I am stupid. I did not say it, but I was thinking it, for to me, she is old. And she is a woman. That's when she would say, Son, experience do not grow on trees. I love my grandmother. I love Manjiji. It goes without saying, I am Manjiji's boy. I am Manjiji's boy. Yes, I am Manjiji's boy. Hers was the bosom that comforted me. Yes, I am Manjiji's boy. Manners 
and discipline, she would say, can take you around the world. Never envy another for anything as it is the ruin of men. For there is nothing greater than contentment and enough is as good as a feast. Yes, I am Manjiji's boy. I am Manjiji's boy. Yes, I am Manjiji's boy. And I would walk like Manjiji's boy. And I would talk like Manjiji's boy. And I would think like Manjiji's boy. I would stand like Manjiji's boy. And carry myself like Manjiji's boy. For I am Manjiji's boy. Yes, I am Manjiji's boy. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> Do you know that is the that is the first piece that you ever read on this show? Yeah. Mhm. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah, that's the first piece that you ever read on the show, and I absolutely love that piece. You know, I love that you, you were young and you knew everything and you were kind of cocky and your grandma had to put you in your place, you know, and and didn't, you know, sometimes it's easier to get our parents to bend than it is to get our grandparents. Grandparents don't bend well, you know, not because they're old but because they're smart. You know, they know. She's like the experience does not grow on trees. So I love, yep. <laughs> I love that piece. I love the the whole message in it. And, uh, you know, I'll, I, that's one of those that will stick with me forever. It's just thank awesome. Thank you, Daniela. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And I was saying to them, what last night? Because I did I performed it last night at the function, and, and people came up to me. And, and, and as a matter of fact, when I performed it, the guy was, I didn't know, but the guy was, was having the performance, the show, in honor mm-hmm. of his grandmother. You know, so and and I did that appointment for my grandmother. He said mine was to be fitting, and even though we didn't plan it, it almost like like we had planned it. You know, but I just decided to do that poem, and he was celebrating his grandmother. And you know, what what was showing this? Really, we all are, we all are Manjiji's boy. We all are somebody's girl. Somebody somebody responsible for our upbringing. Mhm. We didn't raise ourselves. This is exactly true. All right, my darling, do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can come find you. Yes, you can find me on Instagram, iTunes, Spotify, any downloading media, Facebook, Granville, John Hedrington. Look for the lion logo with the red, red, gold, and green um, um, in my baseball cap and my trademark sunglasses. You could find me, hire me, download my work, support, support, support. It is Thank you very much, Tyler. For sure. Thank you very much. You are very welcome, my dear, and we will talk to you next week. 
for sure. God's willing, as long as there's life, I look forward to it. All right, hon. We'll talk to you soon, sweetheart. Blessed love. Blessed. Bye-bye, hon. All righty. So our next caller, I'm going to go ahead and, oh, come on. I'm going to go ahead and try the Skype caller again, or anonymous caller. So we have a caller who's called in on Skype or called in anonymously. Are you with me? If you are on hold waiting to read on the show, say your name. So I can't hear whoever's called in on Skype or called in on anonymous line. I can't hear them. They can hear me. You guys may want to drop and call right back in, see if we can get the connection, unmute yourself, whatever's going on there, uh, and then we'll get you on. If you do have to drop your call, I'll watch for you to come back on the line, and you won't have to wait in line again. Okay, so let's go ahead and get there we go. All right, so we'll come back and try them again if we need to. Our next caller comes from area code 202. 202, you are on the air. 202, are you with me? Dun, dun, dun. Let's try this again. Two zero Hello. two. Hello? Hi, there Hello? you are, honey. How are you? I gotcha. Hi, Delilah. Hi. I'm sorry, Nyla. I'm sorry, I told you you sound like Delilah from the radio station. <laughs> Hello? I'm here, honey. I'm here. I have my homework. Did you do your, you are so good. You are so good. The doppelganger piece. That is awesome. Okay. So look, I'm sitting in the car. Are you? Do you have the? uh, Do you have your computer going? Are you on speaker? I'm hearing an echo back real bad. Um. Um. Actually, how about now? It's gone. Is that better? Yeah, we're good. It's gone? Okay. Mm-hmm. This is my piece. This is Desire from D.C. All right. It's not clear. Through the beautiful wonders of screenshots, I and I alone have, cured, have a cure for your amnesia. You were six lives into the perfect alibi, had your whole wife on your side, and I was every type of imaginable lie. I was that hater, a homeworker. You amped your woman like, baby, you better check her. I listened to you unfold story after story, where you seemed to be the victim, swore how you couldn't recall us talking. I smiled to myself as I listened. You know you know me. Endless streams of how you were the man of my dreams, how you make, how we make a perfect team. Did you say what you mean? Not to me. You weaver like a squirrel in traffic, running around the truth, hoping that your wifey don't catch you. Stupid, stupid recipe. She's so in love with you. The answer is to threaten me. Hmm. Not seeing the reason for her hurt being, that you're the reason for her being. Yet you're stressing me. So as she yelled into a frenzy, I tagged every screenshot I had in memory, placed her name and his name in the outgoing text. 
my finger resting on the resting on the button for descending. Dreams of promised violence now replaced by reading silence. Now she's crying because she know you ain't shit and you can't deny it. He cursed me by name, told me I wasn't sexy as I thought. The stupidity in his statement further proved that he was caught because he's needy and he's greedy. And now she's leaving and it's all your fault. I believe you owe me a fee. I fixed your insomnia. Doppelganger. The shit get real. Silly me. A fee is owed. If you don't want your little wifey to know, best believe it's your fault. Be needy and greedy, wanting to see me. Because you had, sure, yeah, you should have been caught. The statement said stupid. The sec, <clears throat> I'm, I'm twice as sexy as I thought. I get it. Now you curse my name every time I was riding. Don't even try it. Sex silence is golden, and bitch, you better buy it. Before she gets violent, stop lying. Ask like you didn't, um, like you didn't share hope of working my buttons until we both had to rest our fingers because I was coming. You couldn't count the number of times those freaky lines stayed in my memory. Screenshots you as hard as a rock and in a frenzy. Every night she stressed me, being being hurt the main reason. Your wife threatened. See, I love this recipe. We sexy in her bed, and still she trying to get proof of you messing with me. It will be, it'll be what it will be. But believe, bitchy, bitch boy, it ain't free. See, she in love with your stupid ass. The recipe to keeping wifey is maintaining the feeds. According to avoiding traffic, it's easy by keeping your squirrel is zipped up. No, you didn't mean a thing, but perfect, okay, you didn't mean a thing about perfect team. I don't live on dreams, but the way I cream by streams, you know you know me. We smile and talk about her being a victim. So it's only us, right? Better check her. I got she got the wrong person. I know home wrecker. I got my own heifer. But you imagine but imagine but you imagine a lie with your whole wifey at your side. The hurt is still tender from the alibi. Featuring six lies that you don't remember. It'll cost you. Trust me, it'll cost you. But I can heal you. Amnesia. In peace. <laughs> you know, it's it's amazing, isn't there? Isn't it the the freedom that you find when you are the doppelganger? Yes. You don't you don't have to abide by anything. You know you. When when you when you write as the doppelganger, it, there's it's just it, 
nothing gets held back. One. It's fun. It's awesome, awesome yeah. fun. Our alter ego. Because <laughs> it's so easy yeah. to say, I would never think that. I would never do that. That was just my evil twin. This <laughs> <laughs> is my doppelganger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I absolutely love that. And you did great on the word. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm sitting in my car, so I'm going to go in the house now. And um, y'all enjoy the rest of the show. My pleasure. Thank you so much. You are so welcome, sweetheart. You did a fantastic job. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank All you. right, hon. We'll talk to you soon. Good talk night. to you next week, okay? All right. Oh, wait. Tell everyone how to find you. Oh, okay. Um, I'm Dr. Zayas. Um, you find me on Friday nights. Um, at mostly at nine o'clock or after Van Metal show, is our after party. Is what we call it. It's the um, Darkest Eyes Juke Joint. Also, you'll find me on O and E on every other Wednesdays with um, Janice Storm and King Cadence um, Three the Hallway. Um, Storm Cadence featuring featuring the Desire. Um, in other ways, you can find me on um, Facebook under Zanetta Butler, and that's me. Very cool. All right, sweetheart. Great job. When we will talk to you next week. Sure enough. Thanks, sweetheart. Good night. Good night. All right. Our next caller comes from area code five eight five five eight five. You're on the air. Hello. Hi. This is Sean. How are you? Absolutely wonderful. It is so good to hear from you. And you too. So what's yeah. going on, sweetie? Uh, I I have one called um, high vibration. <clears throat> okay. Feel a high vibration as you walk during your day and try to quell the lows by seeing what is more. What is full capability and the fullness of who you can be daily? It always helps you to get on that high vibration. Not only believing in God, but knowing and living it as something that is breathing with you and active right now. I'm breathing it. Yeah. So right now, in this moment that I'm writing this to you, that now, we are so positive when we are on that high vibration or that high vibe that brings stellar joy and occupies a sense of creativity and sensibility and even sexuality like no other in the mental space. Is your heart connected to your positive mentality too? That high vibration. Vibrations are pouring into us by the ways of the Earth's electrical willpower and poetic ways. It is so artistic, scientific, and mathematical, all at the same time that it never fails to amaze me. Are we really moving alongside these waves, or are we failing to do so these days? If we are failing to move alongside these waves today with balance and truth, then it then it's necessary to get on that high vibration. 
to excel upwards to a higher way in a far more positive and balanced way instead of a mediocre way that helps no one. So I decided to start with who I knew best, and that is myself for this, to start on raising my own self higher with higher vibes and different actions taken to move forward. Also, when we look to where the new community solutions are, we always tend to find them and can work with them. Therefore, riding the high vibration, it's a wave for you to get on. Are you ready to go on that high vibration? And poem. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm hearing you read that, and and at the same time, I'm hearing this total joy, or 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 this just this. Uh, I don't know what the right word is. Just this this whole. What's the word I'm looking for? Jovialness. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the right word. In in your voice yeah. as you're reading that, it was awesome. Yeah, it was, sometimes we almost try to do it like a roller coaster ride, like it's it, like like so, you know going up, and then if you go up in in emotion with how certain thoughts are feeling, that's where you you take it. Uh, there's um. Mm-hmm. There's like there's a rapper that's that's known who who did something like that with the fact the saxophone. His name is Rakim, and he had he inspired me with that because what he would do is he would like he'd have the instrumental that was a saxophone like instrumental, and it, he would just ride he just rides the entire instrumental like based on it how the feeling is and then he goes he goes up and then he goes down and he goes and he does it like a machine gun and then like it's just incredible but still it's it it, it has that kind of feel to it like where it goes up and then it's jovial that it's like and then it goes back down a little bit and it's like yeah it's just a punch in the gut and then a laugh and then a punch in the gut and a laugh yeah yeah, it's just to have some um, feeling to it, but it's, that's what it's about. It's just like the inspiration of it, yeah. Well, it was fantastic, sweetheart. Okay. Absolutely but, great job. Uh, All right, Sean, tell uh, everyone how to find you, my love. Okay, uh, I am on uh, Facebook at Sean Liebel, uh I'm on um let's see I'm on a couple other platforms too. Uh SoundCloud I am the solution. Um I I also have I have a blog, um, the purity of the flow dot wordpress dot com as well. So got a lot of everything there too. Awesome. All right, sweetheart. I'm really glad you had a chance to call in tonight. I love it when you're able to get on. So 
Awesome to hear from you, and hopefully we'll hear from you next week. Yep. All right. Have a good night. (laughs) You too, sweetheart. We'll talk to you soon. Later. All right. Bye-bye. All right. That was Mr. Sean Lebo. And now our next caller comes from area code 807. 807, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. How are you? Hey, I was just thinking about you before the show because I was lighting my incense. And Ah. uh, I've only got like three left. I'm thinking, hmm, (laughs) hmm. And then I'm thinking, Hmm. but, you know, I I really need, I have this, uh, I have this package I'm supposed to be sending to you. But there's something I don't know if you know or not, but I recently moved. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so the thing that I have for you, I don't even, I don't know where the box is. Like it's in the oh. boxes that haven't well, got unboxed yet and all that. So oh, it isn't yeah. just that I'm not sending it. It's like I have no clue where it is. No, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's in a, it's all in a box and you don't know where the box is. Exactly. Well, so it's somewhere. So so it's, it's, it's sitting somewhere, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, what you got for us tonight? Well, I was having trouble deciding what to what to read today, uh, and I just randomly uh, decided on this one, not for any particular reason. It just it just came up. So uh, <clears throat> it's called "Tonight I Will Be Human," and this is one of my earlier poems. So, like maybe uh, probably not late '90s, more like early 2000s. Uh, so here we go. There are times when I walk down the street and the meaning of the entirety of existence, it seems to seep into my being spontaneously without effort for the meaning of life. It is like the liquid that is not liquid, a mercurial mystery that comes when it is not sought, but is brought to consciousness in the dreamtime-like states that lay hidden but accessible in the chambers of everyone's blessed third eye. At those times, I feel my feet shuffling beneath the earth, and I feel a connection, a cosmic circuit formed between myself and the core of the planet. And the sentience of the greatness of the universe, it starts to seep effortlessly into my mind. In this special time of consciousness, I see every ray of light refracted amongst canopies of trees. I see people's thoughts reflected in their eyes as the light of the sun illuminates their thoughtful gazes. Yet somehow, lost yet somehow seeking humanity in the places they know not where to look, so that their humanity they may finally find. In this striding upon the earth, I came to realize that at times we must strive to be more than human, to accomplish what can be done only through spirit, to access the domain of evolution that is just beyond human, if even for just one day, so that we may heal others, so that we may surpass the misery that is sometimes laid upon us. Day by day by day. One day, though, in this wandering, in this cosmic pondering of self, I came to realize that simply being human, it is sometimes what is needed to be more than those around us, to reach out, not across the universe, but across the street and into ourselves, 
help an elderly lady cross the street, to let our heart reach out to a lover and simply listen as she weeps and tells us of what troubles her soul that day. On that day, I felt more human by simply being human. I felt like I surpassed myself by simply being myself. And I grew to realize that karma, God, the cosmos, whatever you may call it, lies in the small details of life that pass by day to day. So tonight, to be more than anyone else has ever been to the coming of this night, I think that I will simply be human. And that is tonight I will be human. And you can tell it's from my earlier poems because <laughs> it has the third eye in it. So, <laughs> You know, I wasn't going to say anything because I, I give you crap about that all the time in the most loving yeah. way. Yeah. You know? Well, that's, but that's the thing. <laughs> but yeah. I, but I do. I tease you about that a lot. That was a, way before I stopped overusing it. <laughs> so I have an excuse this time. It's no, it's just it's gonna be it's a fun exercise I think for you that when because you're conscious that it's a phrase that you use and it's a good lesson for all of us. You know, for me, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's words that I use constantly. Feral. The word I love the word feral and I realized I was using it in quite a few pieces and it's like, okay, yeah. it's, that's my signature word. Um but it's good to be aware of things like that because then we have to sit yeah. there and we have to think, okay, so what other verse or what other word or however how how else can I describe this? You know, how many different ways? So that would be a fun list exercise for you to do is to write that that phrase at the top of a word. piece of paper and, yeah. and then underneath it just have fun writing every single you know descriptive thing you could think of to replace that with. And, you know, just, just to have fun with it, be conscious of it, be aware of it. Well, the funny thing is, is that when you're, when it's something that, like, I don't use it uh, overly much anymore. Like, I don't overuse it. But mm-hmm. even though I don't, it always, it feels like a funny feeling. Like, if you're, if, if like, you trying to get away from the word, word feral. If you read an old poem and, and you read the word feral in it, you might feel a little funny. It's like, oh, there's that word in one of my old poems. <laughs> and I'm reading it now. <laughs> Shit. You know, it, there's, you know? A re- there's words that we gravitate towards for a reason. Yeah. There's words that are connected Ethereal to us spiritually for a reason. You know, feral yeah. is one of those words that I am drawn to. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and you being mm-hmm. the type of poet, the ethereal type of poet that you are, you know, that's yeah. definitely an image I know that is significant to you. You know, if you were to have a talisman or, you know, your fam- your yeah. your poetic crest, you know, it would be it would be an image of a third eye because that describes mm-hmm. how you look at the world. You know, you don't yeah. see it through the same eyes we do. You see it through that third eye of yours. And, uh, you know, so it isn't anything. I'm not saying anyone, you know, when I say that you use it a lot, there's it's more than just that you use it a lot. It's that you know to be conscious of why you use it a lot, yeah. what it means to you, you know why you use it, what its significance is, what the symbolism is to you, you know, and you can only grow and become more powerful in that understanding. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, definitely for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, uh, it's funny because the, the word canopy has been coming up a lot. Uh, it was. Was it in this one? I think it was. And I was looking at another poem, and the word canopy was there. And I was thinking of reading the poem canopy that I read for a video poem, but I think I did that just recently. 
And I always pay attention to that. Because if there's, uh, like, owls were popping up for me, like, absolutely crazy. And even when I tried to push it out of my, my mind and say, oh, well, it, this is just my imagination. Literally two seconds after, it popped up on someone's shirt. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> there's something going on here. And so when huh? words come up or images like that, then I, I pay huh? attention because I think that there is some sort of a something going there, eh? Who? 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 Oh, I'm saying like I do that. Who? Ha ha ha. I'm I'm making owl noises. <laughs> I still I, I thought so. Woo-hoo. I'm being a goober. Yeah. All right, if Robbie, you wanna, tell everyone if, how to find yeah. you, honey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can find me at uh, Facebook under Robbie's Multimedia Poetry. Uh, if you just look under Robbie's Multimedia Poetry in Google, you'll you'll find me and. And uh, who who knows what else you'll find? <laughs> I thought this was a good poem for uh, to compliment uh, to to compliment Sean's. By the way, I thought that it was uh, it had the same sort of uh, same sort of a vibe. So I'm hoping that he's listening, and I hope that he uh, enjoyed what I felt was uh, perhaps a, a, a compliment to the uh, keep the good vibrations going. So. Very cool. All right, hon. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And uh, make sure everyone knows again how to find you. Okay. Uh, Robbie's Multimedia Poetry under Facebook and Google. And if you want to Google an interesting owl sound, uh, do bar, uh, barn owl screeching. Uh, it's like the rusted gates of hell opening without WD-40. <laughs> Usually owl sounds are <laughs> beautiful, but wow. Barn owl screech. Wow. It just. Well, anyways, so that's how you can find me. <laughs> like a banshee. They sound like a banshee. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep. Okay, then. All right, sweetie. All right, we'll talk to you next week, hon. You bet. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Bye. All right, so we have got quite a We've got, um, let me mark this one. We're going to do speed poetry, okay? We've got one, two, three, Four more callers we have to get on. We've got 13 minutes. That's about... Uh, yeah, we're just going to get you on. I'm going to keep my comments to the minimum, see if I can get you all on before the end of the show. So 951, then we have 202, 914, and 585. All right, so 951, you are on the air. Good evening, Nyla. This is Eric Devon. How are you doing? Hey, honey, it's good to hear from you. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Speed round. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get into this piece. This is for my, and it's untitled. This is for one of my brothers who does suffer from a mental illness. And I'm a bit sick, so please excuse my voice. You got that low resting sound going, kind of sexy. (laughs) You're good. (laughs) That's how I feel about it, too, to be honest. I'm trying not to use it for evil. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, best line ever Okay, good (laughs) All right. My baby brother Though not the youngest Left the house some years ago He bounced and bled through broken souls A perfect match for his tender mind I know, baby All right She wanted to get in on the poem I'm going to go ahead and step in 
her debut. My baby brother, though not the youngest, left the house some years ago. He bounced and bled through broken souls, a perfect match for his tender mind. He left the house for northern borders. Canada's claim a siren call, just loud enough to drown the whispers, chasing, nipping at his heels from within. A mountain ranger found him still, cold and bruised at roadside, somewhere near the arrowhead. I remember the call. Then, standing over his ER bed, staring at living bones and wind-cracked lips, fighting to exist and thought in both solemn and tearful delight. What better way to spend a Thanksgiving morning? And that's the end of that piece. <laughs> wow. That was phenomenal, hun. Well, I mean, thank you. You're very he, welcome. Um, he did disappear one day, um, ran off. And he was gone for about a week, and we didn't hear from him or anything about him until Thanksgiving morning. And we rushed to the ER, and that's where we found him emaciated. And yeah, but um, enough of the story. Uh, thank you for what you do. Uh, Eric Devon, True the Poetic, on most social media. Uh, everybody have a great evening, and I appreciate you. I appreciate you sharing that. I mean, you can tell... The emotional, the the emotion, it, it was just, it was incredible, honey. Thank you. Well, there's a lot of people see. who go through something like that that's that. going to, is it? You yeah. did better than I would have done. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> did better than I would have done. Um, yeah, incredible. There's people out here, there, who are going to relate really well to that and are going to need to hear it and... Yeah. Yeah, that is the that is the ultimate goal of good of, of writing. I think try to write something that people can relate to, that can move and touch find, someone. Find a reflection of themselves in. Right. Beautifully said. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it, sweetheart. Absolutely incredible. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you very much. All right, and so we are going to see you next week? Hopefully. (laughs) Okay. I've started Christmas break off the um, school district, so I should have the time. Yes. What is – so Christmas is not on a Thursday this year, so that's good. All right, cool. All right, well, we're good to go then. So please, yes, call in again if you can. We want you here all the time. I'm very greedy when it comes to you. Appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome, hon. All right, have sweetheart. A you too. You too, baby. All right. Bye-bye, hon. All right, so our next caller dun, 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 comes from area code. Peace, guy. That got rude to me, really. That was awesome. Our next caller comes from area code 202. 202, you're on the air. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello to you. Yeah, I've been here since the beginning of the show, and I thought I hit the button to be in queue, and I didn't, so I'm here. <laughs> have you have you have you learned a valuable lesson here? I sure have. <laughs> I learned that I I too want to be Man Gigi's boy. 
<laughs> so, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, that that is stuck in my head now. I want to spit it. I love it now. So I'll I'll never forget um, that piece. I mean, talk about a dedication yeah. to your grandma. You know. Yes, indeed. I didn't listen to her because she's uh, old and a woman. You know. Oh yeah, young man. Let's put you down a pecking order or two. <laughs> uh-huh. Don't we all have a grandma like that? Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I um I want to read my piece called Shopping List. Okay. Okay. All right. Um. Here it is. I'm leaving work, baby. Yes, I remember the list: a carton of eggs, two loaves of bread, butter, and a box of grits. Smiling my at my sarcastic tone, she said, "I'll see you when you get home." Her reply, "I love you," was wasted on my dial tone. Marvin gave the chosen track for transport. Boss of her and I, let's get it on. Wood tip wine, black and mild fragrant, the mood amazing. Between puffs, my hand was hanging. In the distance between Marvin's run, lights flashing, I'm laughing. Practicing, practicing my world, what had, what had happened off of that reaction. Speed dial on there. Look, baby, this might take me a minute. The cops are closing and slowing. You were saying that you love me, and I joke saying that I know it. Well, don't worry. I got everything that was on the list. A carton of eggs, two loaves of bread, butter, and a box of... Yes, officer, my license is current. Registration, everything is perfect. I will reach for it, but the gun, the gun aimed at me is making me nervous. Hand clench on my phone, my love in my ear noticeably shaken. Instructions given, just don't move, baby. Listen, please don't move, baby. Tension's mounting. I can't decide between don't move and put my hands on the wheel. I'm not resisting. I hear please, baby, distant in my ear like a whisper. I can taste the thickness of bleach and hatred in my face. I'm not leaving the car until you tell me what it is that I've done. Am I detained? Am I free to go? Did you even bother to run my name? You got so many officers with guns. I'm not trying to get away. No, sir. That's just everything that's on my list. A carton of eggs, two loaves of bread, butter, and a box of grits. Anger obvious. My door being snatched open. His hands gripping me. Arms still raised. Forcing my phone to my ear to say I love you as they started kicking me. Screaming, stop resisting. Sun hitting the cell with the gun I heard. From the phone screams of no. I barely heard another word before the sound of guns. And then screaming. And then pain. And then bleeding. And then reaching for some understanding why I'm having trouble breathing. I had the love of my life hysterical. I whispered, I love you. I'm sorry I failed to get you everything that was on your list. Two cartons of eggs, two loaves of bread butter and a box of grits and I didn't resist and peace that one kind of got me because it's so real yeah. it's sad yeah, I think the saddest thing is we were discussing it um, Desire is like one of my best friends uh, we were discussing it after I wrote it and she said what, what a sad sign of the times is is you know how it's going to end. You hope that it doesn't, but you know. Mm-hmm. And that's a sign of how bad how bad things have gotten. You know, it's just things have got to change, and it just doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. So I want to uh, thank you for making me cry on public radio in front of all my friends and family and, and uh, you know, just, yeah. <laughs> 
I have a quick I have a quick question for everyone in, in earshot. Uh, first off, you can find me at King's Cadence. That's K I N G S Cadence. Spell wrong with a K. K A D E N C E. Um, that's my um my Facebook name. I'm looking to get out of the small pond of poetry that I've been in. There's like very few people that I know that have shows that rock like your show. So I'm trying to find other venues where you know, I can spread my wings and, you know, get to be around more poets and more poetry. And, you know, so if anyone has any idea, you know, any venues or different, you know, shows that's online, I'm pretty much doing stuff online now because I'm bedridden. So, um, you know, by all means, leave it in the inbox or, you know, send it to me however you do it, you know, because I'm interested. Do me a favor because we've got there's quite a few different shows on and I don't have the links for them handy. Um, but if you pop a message onto my page for me, um, I can gather those or and and or people can come over and put links to different shows because I know that Stan and George and them go to quite a few. Um, there's different shows uh, and things that they do so. Yeah, we'll see if we can get some of those sent over in your direction. Okay, I appreciate that. Very cool. All right, baby, great job. Uh, thank you. <laughs> All right, and we'll talk to you next week, okay? Okay, then. Take it easy. You too, hon. All right. Our next caller comes from 914. 914, you're on the air. Nine one four, are you with me? All right, let's try that again. Nine one four. I'm here. I hear you, yay. Hi. Welcome to the show, hun. How are you? It's Star Severon. Um, I know, I know, and I love you and I've missed you horribly. And if you ever leave me alone for this long again, you would not believe the mischief I've gotten into. And we need to talk. Um okay. <laughs> but it's so good to, to hear on, you. I, it is so meant, good to hear I, you. I, I meant to come on last week for the anniversary, but um, I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You're allowed to do that. <laughs> but um, for some of yeah. you who didn't catch that at the beginning show, Star Severon is one of the sponsors for the show this year. She's one of the people responsible for helping to keep us at a three-hour license um, yeah. for this last year. And I just want to, you know, now that we have you on the air and everyone knows who I'm talking about now because you don't call in all the time, um, I just want to say it in front of everybody and for everybody. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome, and to, you know, I want the show to keep going just like everyone else does. Um, so, oh shoot, <laughs> I just lost where I was at. <laughs> okay, so I just wrote something off the cuff the other day, and I just wanted to share it. So I said I'm gonna try really hard and like drink coffee and stay awake and stuff because I've been like a little old lady lately. Um, okay, I'm just going to get into it so other people have time. Um, it's called In the Bent Forest. Um, the ether billows below, blinded lovers in the bent forest. Uh, 
soft fog embracing the entangling lusts of these nymph creatures' unsettling folly. Vines cross a dance, settled on impulse and chance. The sun shines gleamingly on you, warms you home. Folly warns, remembering the sun also burns, dries, and wickedly harms. My dearly blinded lovers, burn that entanglement in a smoking hole, spit your misdeeds and ills into the ground, cut the blood open properly, let it bleed fast until the leaves solve into the ground, into the ground. Notes from God of the bent forest, now walk the line. I love the imagery of the bent forest. It was inspired from an actual forest in Poland that's called the bent forest, including some other personal things. And um, I just kind of like put it all together a little bit. So how did you find out about the bent forest? Um, I found out about it, like, looking up different sorts of forests um, a long time ago. And I found some actual images of it that were just mesmerizing, just seeing something out of a fantasy novel. And mm-hmm. um, and um, and it just, like, left an imprint in my mind, And even though I had the picture saved. And uh, I just always wanted to kind of use that as, because it just amused me, and and, and and it gave me such inspiration. I wanted to always use that in some way. Once again, but the reason having I, I input looked, is important, so you can have output, you know? Right, yeah. Inspire and, yourself. Um, and um, I see also that as that just being kind of a part one to something that can go further. It would be a good title for a book, by the way, a chat book. <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just hinting, hint, hint. All right, my <laughs> sweet love, my darling, darling woman, do me a favor and tell everyone how they can find you. Well, I'm not looking to really be found, but just, I guess, if anything, just remember my name, um, Star Severon, S-T-A-R-R. Uh, Severon, S-E-V-E-R-O-N, and um, you can catch uh, me in my uh, different um, sort of artist sites and um, Instagram and Twitter and so forth like that. But um, when I have something really great to share, um, it'll definitely be out there for you to see as long as you remember my name. Very cool. All right, sweetheart. Great job tonight, and I love you so dearly. And once again, on behalf of all the poets, thank you for uh, helping to sponsor the show for this last year. Yes. Okay, of course, Nyla. Love you guys. Love you too, hon. We'll talk to you soon, baby. Yeah, have a great night. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. All right, our next caller comes from area code... Five eight five five eight five. You're on the air. Hi, this is Doug Curry. Hey, Doug, you just made it in by the skin of your teeth once again. I know. I thank you for getting me in. I won't hold you up. Uh, this is all. This play. This uh, poem's an old friend of mine. 
that I've had for a while. It's called Troy, T-R-O-I. goes like this. Met this chick the other day with my best panache, pizzazz, posted up players, patter. I said, hey, dog, baby, sugar, mama, mommy, ma, shorty. And not a word she said. Then I spied her badge, the name tag kind. Yeah, that's it. With her best black woman rubberneck roll, she rolled her eyes at me and said, Do I know you? And both. <laughs> that was incredible. It's, it's silly, but it's pointed. It's pointed. You know, we, we hear a lot. From a fellow's point of view, we hear about, well, you guys don't know how to talk to women. You always talk about, hey, mommy, hey, ma, you know, and, you know, so, okay, fine. He ran, he ran through the whole litany, and he well, hey, Troy, that didn't work either. So, you know, what's a poor man to do? <laughs> you know, sometimes the best thing is just to stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> yeah, if you don't mind getting that has to be your homework. You need to write a poem called What's Stop, that? Drop, and Roll and have it be subject to a, a relationship. A, re, a relationship. Have it Have it be based on, um, yeah. Stop, Drop, and Roll. Related stop, Drop, to and Roll. Poem about too. men and women. Okay. You got it. That'll inspire me to do something. I appreciate that. <laughs> anyway, I'm done. That. I think so. I think so. So I'm Doug Curry, and I can be found under my name on Facebook and Instagram. No, I can't be finding it on Instagram. Facebook under Doug Curry. Uh, Facebook under Blacks and Blues. Blacks and Blues, the radio program, comes on Friday night from 9 till midnight Eastern time at WRUR.org. comes on Saturday night at 10 o'clock Central Time at WDCB.org. Uh, can be found on Facebook under Blacks and Blues. Can be found on Instagram as Manchild, M-A-N-C-H-I-L-L-D-99. Also can be found on uh, allpoetry.com as Manchild99. And I try to get here every time I can. I just got in by the skin of my teeth this time. I do appreciate mm-hmm. it. Well, we appreciate you being here, and thank you so much, sweetheart. Great job on that. All right, babe. Thanks. Have a good one. You too, hon. All right, everyone. You have been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I appreciate you all being here. It's been a fantastic night. I want to close the piece. uh, Excuse me. (laughs) I want to close the show with a piece by Miss Epiphany Castro. We have not heard from her in a while, but absolutely love and adore her and been thinking about her a, hot, a lot lately. Uh, so I'm going to play a piece by her. We will see you guys next week. Love you and good night. <laughs> I used to be that girl, not that girl Stevie sang about, that girl, that girl that held her tongue, that girl that put...
all above herself in the name of wanting to be loved. She would fold and turn, contort and bend, as she believed that that is what it meant to be a friend. But she was often abandoned and left twisting in the wind, giving, giving, giving until it hurt. And it did hurt. And her worth, her value was placed in the hands of others. Fed shit so often she began to believe it was stew until one day she woke Choking on words, words from another calculated to do just this. But she had grown weary of this pattern, and so, carefully peeling the targets from her back, replacing them with wings of iridescence, dusting herself off with breaths of revelation. She decided to be free because everybody wants freedom. It's a natural factor, so she had been told. Fat-free, sugar-free, sucker-free, pollution-free, drama-free, noise-free, freedom. Freedom become an overused, run-of-the-mill expression. The root meaning had become lost in a sea of fuckery, yet she reclaimed it and set this manifestation into destiny. The journey, her right to live life with personal liberty, tending to the sacred space, shedding her former self, pushing play instead of rewind, and on occasion erase. The restoration began, the restoration is present, and the restoration continues, for this is revelation number 77 to be continued.